0: Welcome to the weekend sports well, was here on 1450 WXVW coming at you every Sunday morning talking all things in the world of sports plenty to discuss this morning here on 1450 WXVW joined in studio by my man Luther how you doing this morning Luther I'm
1: doing good first I want to say I was grooving to that the beast you were just playing I like this song even that, though I don't know what it was
0: yeah that's Madonna <laughs>
1: Okay, so this is one of those old songs. So I just told her myself that I like Madonna. You
0: did. Yeah, I okay. heard you in there uh, really enjoying that.
1: Well, you have over exaggerating it. I liked it. I was moving to it.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good song. Madonna was in town last night at the Yum! Center. Okay. Um. So that's that's exciting.
1: How old is Madonna now? Like 67?
0: No, I, no she's not that old, but <laughs> she's very active. You know, she was, as recent as just a few years ago, she was uh, dating... Alex Rodriguez. Oh, wow. She's uh, been but I feel famously like everybody dated. with so many popular athletes. It's amazing. It's, it's very relevant to have her tied into our show this morning.
1: Yeah. Madonna dated Tupac, Alex Rodriguez. Dennis, Prince, Dennis right? Rodman, I think. Dennis Rodman.
0: She is 57 years old.
1: Yeah. She's the LeBron of dating. We could say that.
0: LeBron, you saw LeBron's move yet. Did you see that move? LeBron pulled off yesterday.
1: I actually didn't. What?
0: I, I saw a, a, a Instagram clip of it, but um, absolutely amazing. You're right. I feel LeBron. like
1: LeBron pulls off crazy moves every day, so it's hard to really tell which one. Yeah, yeah. Which he, move you talking about. He,
0: he, he did. Um, and he still does, regardless of his age. But we've got NFL football to talk about. Hell of a ending to the Packers and Cardinals game yesterday we get to talk about. We get to preview some games that are going down today. Get to talk about college basketball. We're on the heels of Kentucky losing to a 500 Auburn team on the road in the SEC, proving uh, they struggle on the road when they don't have. This is my radical theory, Luther. Yeah. Follow, follow me. Okay. If Kentucky doesn't have one of the greatest centers in the NBA on their roster, they really struggle on the road.
1: I think, yeah, I think, um, Scott, how, you, how do you pronounce his name? Scala BCA. Scal Scala BCA. I just wanted to make sure I said that right. Sure. I feel like sc- I feel like Scala BCA is just he didn't turn out to be what we thought he was. Yeah. Um coming out, you know, the hype was real. It was this humble guy. He plays good. He had this rumor rumored about his work ethic being great. So we were all expecting this, you know, the next big center for Kentucky. And he just didn't pan out to be that. And like I don't know what's going on with Kentucky. They, they look stagnant. They don't look fads. They don't look inspired. Yeah. They lost to Auburn.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Bruce Pearl is the coach of Auburn. Uh, I have a, a feeling that on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline today, we will get some action and activity surrounding the Bruce Pearl Uh, historical record against both Calipari and the University of Kentucky. He's a a truly interesting coaching case study, in my opinion, and I I don't know exactly what to draw from it, but he is certainly intriguing. Uh, One Bruce Pearl, who's been uh, throughout certain points of his career involved in numerous Allegations of misconduct at the the highest level while he was an assistant at Illinois and also as the head coach at Tennessee. At a certain point he was actually blackballed from the coaching industry, which is something uh you don't see happen very frequently.
1: I feel like um Bruce Pell is like he's like the players coach more so than he is. He does he cares about what his players players love playing for him. I remember right. um, Scotty Hobson used to play for him and I remember every interview that he had, he was always, like, just raving about how much he loved Bruce Pearl, And, you know, but it did seem like he was always, like, recruiting, you know, the bad boys, people that necessarily couldn't go to the other schools, that had, you know, played with a chip on their shoulder, which um, kind of um, helped his style of play, you know, like where he could go to Auburn and have these guys that play so tough that it could beat a team like Kentucky, which, you know, even though they're in a the free fall right now, it's still Kentucky.
0: Certainly. So I, I think that in time, as Bruce Pearl gets his system implemented there at Auburn, they will prove to be a, a, quite the power. Um, did, did you catch the, the Cardinals and Packers game at all yesterday? Luke? Did
1: I not catch that game? I caught the fourth quarter of that game, and it in was overtime. amazing. yeah. It was amazing.
0: I mean, what about my – there's so many different angles on how impressive that was. Yeah. Um, the thing I may be most impressive with, most impressed with was how Carson Palmer it momentarily turned from the 37-year-old who cannot move. I mean, hell, when he was a rookie, he couldn't move in the pocket. Right. And then out of nowhere, his adrenaline must have been going so high that he pulled off this amazing Aaron Rodgers, or I don't know who it looked like, somebody with agility, this amazing spin move, and then throws the ball across the field. Completely uh, counter. Something to, to
1: say you shouldn't do. Exactly. Something Remember Bre- Brett Favre.
0: Exactly. Something Brett Favre. That's what I said. Is he channeled his inner Brett Favre, um, and he throws it right to a wide open Larry Fitzgerald. Just the awareness of one Carson Palmer to at the age of thirty six or thirty seven, however old he is, to uh, find an open Larry Fitzgerald for what a 50-yard gain right uh, setting up that final shovel pass to to Fitzgerald for the touchdown to win it and at the age of 37 Carson Palmer wins his first playoff game so what a performance by not only Palmer and Fitzgerald but that entire Arizona Cardinals but we
1: but we forget that Carson Palmer used to be a um, a Heisman winner so you know well Carson Palmer is a Heisman winner so he'll always be you know so we the talent might be there you know all Heisman winners have been panned out in the NFL, but the talent still is there. He he did do okay at um the Bengals. He wasn't necessarily terrible. No, you know? he, he
0: had a good run with the Bengals. It but was I feel like this is by the, injuries and also uh the 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 Brown family ownership.
1: Right. And then this is like the most healthy we've ever seen Carson Palmer in his career in this NFL career. And he's really he really looks good. He reminds me of Kurt Warner. The way um, you know, with the age, except not necessarily with all the intangibles, but with the age, with the age different. Him being 30, 36, 36 thirty-six, thirty-six-year-old quarterback, yep. just amazing. But let's talk about Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, thirty-two.
0: God, is he 32? thirty-two?
1: Thirty-two doing seems those like plays?
0: It seems like he's older than that, doesn't it?
1: It does seem like he's older than that. He, it feels like he's been in the league forever. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is the ultimate professional. Um, Very classy, right? Classy guy, always you handle himself right. But then he plays. Place with a lot of edge, you know, a, a lot of attitude, a lot of spirit, and it's amazing to watch.
0: No question about it. What's interesting about him to me is, you know, he famously grew up the son of a, a sports reporter, um, and, and because of those connections and his athleticism and ability, when he was in high school or middle school, he was actually the ball boy for the Minnesota Vikings.
1: I should remember hearing about that. That's amazing. Yeah, so like, he got
0: to meet and, and interact on a, a, a frequent basis with Chris Carter and Randy Moss.
1: What a heck of an internship for your job, Golly. for your career.
0: And, and and you would think that he took notes from probably a little bit more so Chris Carter because this to. guy this guy handles himself with absolute class. But he he comes in, he's the third overall pick out of Pittsburgh. Um, he has just all sorts of success in the NFL. And then in the middle of his career, I'm looking at it here, mm-hmm. he was a Pro Bowler in 2005, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. God, it seems like there was more of a gap there where he, he kind of dropped off.
1: No, it's just the quarterbacks dropped off.
0: That's what it must have <laughs> been. <Is laughs> I that, don't think is Larry
1: Fitzgerald has ever dropped off. He's like Calvin Johnson sometimes. We don't really hear about him because, you know – Matthew Stafford is his quarterback, but he's still always getting his numbers. You know, there's not really a drop off ever for um some of these receivers. But um, Larry Fitzgerald is probably the most consistent. He's not injured a lot either.
0: Yeah, he he's not. And you know, they say that he has turned into a very underrated blocker actually, and that not just is he so talented as a big right. six foot three. You know, I have this theory that I, I've thrown out there to Mike on the the weekend sports buzz multiple times. And I don't think that Larry Fitzgerald, although at one time he would have been classified as, as a big um, modern age, just freak of an athlete, and that's what he is, Calvin Johnson or A.J. Green. But my theory is this, Luther, that yeah. having someone like Calvin Johnson or A.J. Green, or I guess we could even say Julio Jones, one of those just freak out-of-this-world wide receivers does not win you Super Bowls. Even Randy Moss.
1: Well, I, I don't think they necessarily do. I think quarterbacks win. I think quarterbacks and defenses win Super Bowls. Like, if you have a good quarterback and a good defense, you're you in contention. I, I don't see how you can, you know, not have a chance to actually make it to the Super Bowl if you have a great defense and a great quarterback. Tom Brady, perfect example. Some of the people that throw out there to play receiver from for them, it's like, where did you find these people from? They pulled them off the street. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers was thrown to Who?
0: Yeah, I don't even know.
1: (laughs) Like He lost. Who did he throw that Hail Mary to? Somebody
0: named. uh, Janice, right? Yeah, They picked him up
1: two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Right? How do you get picked up two weeks? What was he doing? Just, you know, chilling, working somewhere, and they just, hey, (laughs) come through and play football in the NFL.
0: That's literally how it was. And he had Jordy Nelson at the beginning of the season. That was his number one target. But early in yesterday's game, Randall Cobb was carted off the field.
1: Yeah, that's. Um, so,
0: if we're being fair to Aaron Rodgers, um, his, his offensive line was absolutely depleted, and so were his, his receiving weapons. Well,
1: yeah, but um, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. I don't think it was really a loss for Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I think we kind of all give Aaron Rodgers a pass because, he, first of all, he didn't get a chance to get back on the field to defend himself. And the amazing things he had to pull off to get them to overtime to begin with was spectacular. Um, yesterday, me and April were watching um watching the game, um, and at the end of regulation, April just looks at me and go, bro, I think Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is the Illuminati. And I had to just go along with it.
0: <laughs> to, he's the Illuminati.
1: He's the Illuminati. I was like, he, he really might be. He just might have not paid all his dues yet, so they didn't want him to win. And that's what happened.
0: Absolutely amazing. <laughs> you know, that was the first time in the history of the NFL playoffs that a game – of uh, regulation timing of a, an NFL playoff game has ended in a pass. So it was a very unique game. I mean, couldn't have been more exciting. I, I'm almost yeah. getting numb to this type of, I mean, the Bengals and Steelers to me was arguably the most shocking and just wildest NFL game I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, playoff game. And then this one yesterday, uh, no shortage of excitement at all. No, sorry. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is five zero two. 3-8-4, um, We have NF- NBA to talk about, as always. As, as for the first time this season, the Golden State Warriors are not on the pace to defeat or to tie, at least, the 95-96 Chicago Bulls record of 72-10. and
1: What makes you say that?
0: They, they lost last night.
1: What was um how many games did the Bulls lose?
0: They lost ten. The, 10. the Warriors have now lost four games.
1: Four. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I'm not saying that they're they're falling off. No shade, but but it is interesting that for so long. I don't think that they have to achieve a 72 right. and 10 record to to be absolutely um, groundbreaking. I, I think that they've already done that with what. Uh, not only Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, but specifically Draymond Green, the numbers he's been putting up are just absolutely amazing. But I think that they've been lack, lacking uh, a little bit of defensive intensity compared to what they had earlier in the season, and, and, and they, they're losing some games right now, which is not a big deal. What are they, 38-4? and four? Let me see.
1: Yeah. Um. The Pistons
0: blew the Warriors out as the front-page story on the ESPN NBA site.
1: I did not see that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I saw it this morning. We also had on Showtime, uh, once we, we get our man Brian the Insider on the, uh, the line with us, um, he was able to watch, and I, I watched the highlights this morning of, you remember Deontay Wilder?
1: I saw that. Did
0: you see his knockout victory I saw last that. night? And it was not only a knockout victory. Um, it was a seventh or eighth round. I'm bringing up the exact specifics of it. Knockout victory where his opponent— had to be carted off in a stretcher. And I don't mean to sensationalize that uh, or put any positive spin on that whatsoever.
1: I already but, told you I'm a Deontay Wilder fan.
0: Oh, my goodness. Who isn't? Who isn't a Deontay Wilder fan? Is is somebody who doesn't – if you don't like heavyweight boxing, you don't like knockouts, you don't like your, your fighters to be from the United States, then maybe you don't like him, Right. But everybody else, which I feel that's a pretty big <laughs> umbrella, uh, everybody else is, is basically a Deontay <laughs> Wilder fan. So – I don't know exactly.
1: You basically Uh, say if you're not a boxing fan, then you don't like him. If no
0: little part of you ever thought Mike Tyson's uh, run through the heavyweight division was exciting, then you don't like Deontay Wilder. But for everybody else, which is 96% of the sports fan universe, um, you're a Deontay Wilder fan. And if you're not, it's only lack of of you – being exposed to him. Tyson Fury jumped in the ring immediately afterwards and and was talking trash to him, which is great. I mean, that's good. Deontay Wilder wants to get paid. You know, he's got a daughter. He he, he got started in this boxing game relatively late compared, you know, Mike Tyson I mentioned, and I referenced Mike Tyson when talking about Wilder. He was a heavyweight champion of the world when he was 19. Deontay Wilder is 27 years old. He needs to start to get some pay per view revenue yeah. coming in. And Tyson Fury is the guy who I think can do that. He's the heavyweight champion of the world. So the thing
1: to- about um Tyson Fury is me being somebody who's in marketing, that's my actual job on a daily basis. I feel like Tyson Fury is great for heavyweight boxing. Okay. Because his antics, just the things he do, you know, kind of the same things Conor McGregor is doing right now to create a name for himself. The only bad thing about that is He's going up against Deontay. Um, if he goes up against Deontay Wilder and four, and Deontay Wilder is not as he's outspoken, but he's not as marketable for some for whatever reason. I don't know why, but um, you know, he's not necessarily a household name. Like I would say his name in my house, who I have casual boxing fans who are my who are my roommates and they wouldn't even know Deontay um, who Deontay Wilder really is. No. They might have heard it in conversation or something but like that. But they will
0: know if he becomes heavyweight champion of the world.
1: But they don't even know who Tyson Fury is.
0: Yeah, they don't, but he's <laughs> English. Yeah. He's English, and I, I know he speaks English, but that's a, a whole different deal is he's not here. And, and he's not – he doesn't – I mean, out of all champions, you know there's featherweight, flyweight, uh, bantamweight, middleweight, super cruiser, you know, cruiserweight, all these different weight classes. Put all the champions together, okay, all the people who hold belts – and Deontay Wilder has the best knockout percentage of them all. And he's an American, and, and he's in the heavyweight division. So, I mean, uh, imagine the – you think it would be on the cover of Sports Illustrated if Deontay Wilder beat Tyson Fury? I don't think so. Why not?
1: Because I feel like um, boxing is like an afterthought now when it comes to sports. But,
0: but it is, like, I think it, it is because of a lack of – I mean, it's almost like pre-Tiger Woods with golf. You got an yeah, American who's going right. to come in and dominate. Why wouldn't they want to get behind? But that?
1: the thing is, his opponents, you know, it's like is first. We're talking about Klitschko, you know, and this is the opponents, and I'm not necessarily. I feel like the opponents in the heavyweight are not necessarily going to be as strong for um, for Deontay Waters. So it's going it's going to look like almost like he's beating tomato cans in front of him. On a daily on a daily basis, where it's going to become the floor conversation, like who are you really fighting? Are you really that great? Or is it really that entertaining? You know, so I feel like it's just the depth in the competition that's was what, affecting, um, affecting heavyweight boxing from really growing.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, Floyd Mayweather hasn't lacked attention, and and although I would disagree.
1: But adamantly the, um,
0: with anyone who any of his critics, no, no, no. many people think that he hasn't really faced many great opponents. But, 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 but he's faced disagree.
1: enough. Whereas in the Wilder, after Fury, who who is? Are we hoping somebody just emerges out the blue? <laughs> because it doesn't, you know, doesn't seem like there's a lot of other great. Heavyweight fighters out there. He
0: could fight a Klitschko. um, Klitschko lost. He lost, but still has name recognition.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh,
0: Alexander Povetkin. Within the world of boxing, I mean, Mike Tyson really didn't fight that many great fighters, to be honest. He beat Larry Holmes. Yeah, see,
1: that's what I'm saying. I don't think the depth of um, competition in in heavyweight boxing is great right now, and that's the problem.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. No question about it. Well, we got a very exciting show. We'll be on the air between now and 12 o'clock noon, previewing today's NFL games, reviewing the Auburn win over Kentucky. Uh, A 500 Auburn team defeated the University of Kentucky men's basketball team in basketball. Yesterday, Auburn over Kentucky. Doesn't make sense, but Bruce Pearl is the head coach. When Bruce Pearl's the coach, it makes a little bit more sense. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. (laughs) Luther and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 WXVW.
2: will make the difference Well Stop the bus huh. You need someone to love you You need someone to be thinking of you Hey, hey, damn it Hit.
0: Hey Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW coming at you this morning from 9 a.m. until noon. Talking all things in the world of sports and, and anything else that pops up along the way. We have college basketball to talk about, NFL football, playoff action from yesterday, previewing the games today. Um, plenty of, we've got heavyweight boxing to talk about, a little El Chapo story to throw in there. At some point today, we get to talk about the Mexican drug cartel leader uh, who's on the run but has the time to – Luther, let's, let's jump into that real quick. <laughs> but before we get to that, let me say we got our man Brian the Insider is on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline with us. How you doing this morning, Brian?
3: I'm doing great, Kelly. How are you and Luther doing this morning?
0: Doing great. We appreciate Appreciate you joining us. We've got so many stories to get through. Good thing we've got three hours this morning, um, but it's it's mornings like this where I'm really excited and I, I don't worry about a storyline to the show or doing much prep because I know uh, if you're a sports fan and and you like NFL or you like college basketball or even heavyweight boxing, um, we've got a little bit of everything to talk about this morning. First thing we're going to get into, actually, is a very intriguing story. <laughs> Out there, the El Chapo, uh, uh, who, the Mexican drug cartel leader who's on the run, um, has actually been looking into reportedly buying uh, Chelsea, the, the soccer club, which is very interesting. I just did a Google search <laughs> for El Chapo, and here are some exciting storylines that came up unrelated to sports. El Chapo had erectile dysfunction surgery while on the run. <laughs> Sean Penn, helping with that, I wonder. Sean Penn uh, had an infamous or famous meeting with El Chapo recently. But, I mean, if you learn anything about Pablo Escobar and how uh, these these drug kingpins operate, they have so much money that it's probably not too far-fetched that somebody could buy a, a franchise like that and, and somehow claim uh, legitimate business interests and,
1: so, um, and move
0: forward. Do you guys think there's any chance El Chapo could ever own uh, his favorite soccer. Team.
1: Well, first of all, there's no chance because there's a morality morality clause that is preventing him from doing that. Morality, morality.
0: It's 2016. <laughs> he should be able to buy him.
1: But um, this is actually a Tough past story. It's um, it's actually go back two years ago, and um, they said El Chapo tried to buy who El Chapo, who's worth one billion dollars, tried to buy Chelsea at um 895 million dollars, and um, he actually um was trying to get people to contact the owner, but it never actually came into fruition. So it actually never happened, but it was an idea that he had, that he wanted to do it. And it's just entertaining to even talk about it, that this drug lord, this big drug kingpin wants to buy a soccer team and think it's going to be okay.
3: Kelly, I've got a question. Is that is the Sean Penn, is that the tie-in to the Madonna that I was hearing earlier? I mean, <laughs> no, hey, I'm just... is that the...
0: I'm just a lifelong Madonna fan. No, in all yeah. seriousness, Brian, Madonna, when Madonna was yeah. here at the Yum Center last night.
3: Oh, that's great. I'm sure I missed that one. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Madonna fan, but I am a fan of this wilder guy. I mean, I am telling you what, I've been waiting for years to get excited about the heavyweight division. And what I saw last night in front of Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis, who were sitting courtside. First of all, let me, let me start out the, the boxing segment by saying happy birthday to the greatest. Muhammad Ali turned 74 today, and no better time to celebrate his birthday than to talk about the rebirth of the heavyweight division, and uh, wow, I'm excited. I, I agree with everything Luther said a few minutes ago. I mean, this is a tough uphill climb to get this back into the national stage and to get it back in the front page or even close to... The front cover of sports illustrated like kelly was asking but i am telling you this guy's for real he's 36 and 0 35 knockouts and he appears to be a class act under composed a, a very composed some jackass guy from uh ran into the ring afterwards uh i guess some heavyweight that wants to challenge him <laughs> that's and, a heavyweight and, uh, champion, that's so a heavyweight champion of the world yeah well that guy. some looked, guy <laughs> he, he did not look like he was very scared about him, and he handled himself well. I don't remember those days back in the old days when it turned into a you know, uh, World Wrestling Federation show. But uh, So that was a new twist on boxing for me last night to see what happened after the fight. But what happened at the end of the fight, and this, this was a pretty good competitor, this um, Polish guy who had... And, you know, one thing I really love, guys, was that this was at the Barclay Center, and this place was p- packed... This was an American fight. This wasn't Berlin against the Klitschko's. This was in the, Amer- in the Barkley center in New Jersey. Uh, and no, I'm sorry, in Brooklyn. And, uh, man, the excitement was there. As I said, Tyson and Lewis were ringside and this guy didn't disappoint. And he, 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 just completely caught this guy with a, with a, a right hand to the <clears throat> jaw. And not only am sure broke the guy's jaw, but he just went cold out and he was carted off on a, on a stretcher. And, uh, he did look – Walder did look very, very concerned about the guy's health. And uh, But, man, man, that's very impressive. I was very excited, as you can tell. I haven't been this excited about the heavyweight division. This guy, on Muhammad Ali's birthday, this guy can bring the heavyweight division back, in my opinion.
1: Oh, man, that's a heavy, that's a heavy um, burden for him to carry. Mm-hmm. Let's hope he gets it done.
0: Yeah, he's undefeated, and that's important in this day and age of boxing is that he hasn't lost yet. His, his promotions and his management ha- has paid very close attention to making sure that he doesn't face anybody that's going to beat him. But the, the the elephant in the room is, when is he going to get that big title shot to throw him into the next level? I've known about Deontay Wilder for three or four years. We've um, been
1: talking about him forever now. We've been
0: talking about him forever, but he's just now coming into the, the center of the American uh, sports fan's uh eyes and, and I'm a boxing fan, first and foremost. Um, uh, but I think we may be talking about Deontay Wilder this morning, even if even if this show didn't normally cover boxing, right? I mean, I think there's gonna be coverage going on yes. today in, in a way that that just hasn't been in a long time. I mean, it's just simply it was not there and then I think it's now back. I, I, I hate to oversimplify or or sensationalize something like that, but I think that this is that significant. Brian, you, you're up in Ohio. You how did you watch the fight? It was on Showtime, wasn't it? Did you? It was pay- on
3: Showtime, and I'll tell you this: there was a great undercard with another great-looking prospect, American prospect, this Martin guy. I think it was Charles Martin. Uh, I think he was six-five. Uh, he needs to get in a little bit better shape, but. Uh, I believe he's undefeated, too, and that was a very entertaining heavyweight on the undercard. But, you know, going back to this Wilder guy, I believe at 6'7", and the way he's built and is athletic, and the way he... I believe this guy could have been, for the first time, maybe, the boxing division got someone that could have been in the NBA, could have been in the NFL. I mean, this looks like a real athlete that knows how to box, and that's why I'm so excited about it. I mean, this this was not some... Huge guy that they said let's put him in here and, and you know he'll hang in there and he can take body blows. This guy is cut like a I mean like a Greek god and just knew how to box and uh, and it looked like he was well trained and I was very impressed. I, I really think he's going to get a lot of attention and uh, no I hadn't heard of him until last night. Um, I had been following the division. I saw I was on Showtime. I wanted to watch heavyweight and I was not disappointed with either fight.
1: See, this is where I think we might go off base a little bit. We are forgetting that we are actually boxing fans, yeah, so that's we, true. you know, we actually pay attention to this. But is this on, is just running on Sports Center every day.
0: It is. This morning, I watched SportsCenter, Center and I saw highlights of the the fight, and I saw the knockout. Will
1: it run tomorrow?
0: That's the question. Is will Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith be talking? Be talking
1: about, about it. it, right? That's the, um. I think that's when it comes into the spotlight. Is when. You know, every every talking head start talking about it. Aside from, you know, us who are boxing fans and actually watch boxing and actually enjoy the sport, of course we're going to talk about it. You know, so that's kind of where we I have to.
3: Closer. I agree with that, but I think it's getting closer. I mean, this, this guy. It uh, definitely is. This, yeah, this, this guy's for real, and I like the way he carried himself. I like the genuine concern he showed for the guy that at one point looked like he might have killed him. I mean, the guy fell and his eyes were closed it was it was they had his girlfriend or wife or something and she she kind of knew the whole fight that there was a good shot he was going to end up dead at the end of the fight oh, he was balling even before he. And, and then man he hit he just if you haven't seen it go out and look <laughs> at this right hand that he delivers to this guy's jaw and this guy was a tough character he had the the, the I would say 70% of the crowd was polish they were doing polish chants uh, they were there to support him. It was a pro Poland fight and in the, in the Barkley center in Brooklyn. And they were, he had the backing of the crowd and had a lot of it. And he looked like a pretty formidable competitor and man, Oh man, did he
0: fall hard?
1: <laughs> Looks at deceiving, I guess we are. the well,
0: week- I- We are the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I promise. We're not going to talk about boxing throughout the entire show. But Brian is legitimately... You were a boxing fan back in the day. He's in a different generation than either Luther or I. But, Brian, your background is you liked uh, Mike Tyson and you liked even, obviously, Muhammad Ali and all those great heavyweights. But correct me if I'm wrong, you sort of lost interest over the years as the heavyweight division dwindled. No more George Foremans or even Evander Holyfields to follow.
3: Yeah, 100% right. And I believe... That boxing has to have a successful heavyweight division. I don't think you can carry it with the lightweights, and there's been some great ones, and that's what's happening uh, the last ten or fifteen, maybe even twenty years. But you know, I loved Lennox Lewis. I loved Larry Holmes. Lennox I loved, Lewis. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lennox Lewis was what a great fighter he was. Uh, and you know, all the you know the the Spinks brothers. Yeah, I loved it all. But I believe for boxing to be successful it has to be led by the heavyweight division and that's what hasn't happened in the last 20 years or last 15 anyhow and you've had a lot of great fighting and i think that fighting in the in the in the smaller guys can continue but it has to be led the public has to be drawn in by the big boys by an american
0: or english heavyweight i'll i'll take it a step <laughs> further i think it has to yeah. be either american primarily or english would pass but it has to be one of those two. It can't be your second or third language, um, not to cast any judgment. Luther, you're, you're – actually, I, I didn't even notice as I said that. Is what, what, Is English your second language?
1: English is actually my fifth language.
0: Fifth language, okay. But um, you speak English completely fluently. Yeah. I guess, to be fair, Vladimir Klitschko does also. Um, but it has to be somebody, for some reason – Brian, everybody you name there is great. But they're all English. I'm sorry, they're all, They're yeah, they're all speak English primarily. They're all from the United States. Lennox Lewis was an exception. He's from England. But I, I think the formula has to be, because Vladimir Klitschko was historically great. Nobody cared, though, because he was Nobody a U- Ukrainian fighter based out of Germany. Well, I think I think the key, Kelly,
3: is that the American public it has to be drawn in by an American, or, or, or at least, an, as you said, an English-speaking guy. But the key is... I have to be convinced, and I'm speaking for the boxing public. I think that the guy that's really, you know, looking like the next great is a great athlete, not just someone that couldn't make it in football or basketball, which are the main sports here in the United States. And 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 so he he's a big guy, and it's it's a weaker division. It has to be a superior athlete that could have, like Ali. Or, or like some of these guys that, you know, I wouldn't have had a hard t- Anybody have a hard time thinking Mike Tyson could have been a hell of a fullback or a linebacker? <laughs> no. I mean, no. Think, I, no. Mean, I mean, how would you like to have him as your weak side linebacker? I mean, he could have done anything. This guy last night looked the same way. He's 6'7". <laughs> he looked very athletic. He, he knew the skills. But most of all, he looked like he could have been playing, you know, uh, tight end in football. Julius Peppers type deal, or he could have been, you know, a uh, small forward in the NBA. He looked like a great athlete that knows how to box. And I think that's what the the sport needs. Not just some big klutz that (laughs) can't do anything else. And he could, you know, and that's kind of what the guy in the undercard kind of looked like. Charles Martin did a good job, but he was in no way the same athlete, no way the same body fat. And, you know, I, I couldn't see him playing another professional sport. He he looked to be a pretty good up and coming boxer, but man, this Wilder guy—he looks like the real deal. And I, you know, I, I disagree a little bit, Kelly. You don't get to be thirty-six and zero because you're just scheduling, you know, cupcakes. I mean, you get to maybe be thirty-six and four or something, but yeah. you can't just beat everybody unless you're good. And this guy's good.
1: And um, what's his um, origin story? He came from playing basketball, right? And um, he yeah. had a child, and he had to um, his head, those. Uh, problem with his child, so he had to um, stop playing basketball, and that's when he picked up boxing. So he went yeah, from just know. a basketball player, um, allegedly, to turning into this great boxer out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, he, he, he yep. played um, junior college athlete, and he ended up dropping out because of the birth of his daughter, who he's very involved with, and he, he takes a lot of pride in, um, and, and he changed directions, and thank God he did, because I think you guys are right. I know that a lot of people are tuning into our weekend sports buzz this morning to hear about other stories that are going on right now, but it's difficult to overlook this as Deontay Wilder on Showtime um, knocked out uh, uh, Spitzka, the, the Polish uh, fighter, and, and he's very much so at the center of the, the sporting universe right now, at least today. I think you guys are both right in that we'll see how it carries over in tomorrow as Stephen A. Smith and Colin Coward and, and, and all those guys. We'll see Jim Rome and Dan Patrick, how much attention this guy gets at that point. But uh, Brian, I also agree with you that you got to aesthetically look the part. Tyson Fury is six foot nine and he's the heavyweight champion of the world. He defeated Vladimir Klitschko. So he, by all means, is a legitimate champion. But if we look at him aesthetically, He's kind of pudgy. He doesn't look. Oh yeah. He doesn't. No, I don't.
3: And I, I read the body language from Wilder when, when this Fury guy sw- stormed the, stormed the ring and got in his face, and actually they were, they were actually touching each other in their face when they were so close. They were, you know, I actually, I thought one of them might kiss each other. So I, I didn't know. I, I became uncomfortable for a minute. But I'm telling you, Wilder was not at all intimidated by this guy. And I got to tell you, if he's six nine. Wilder looked taller than him. The guy, the guy looked big, but he didn't look bigger. Uh, and he looked like the same guy Wilder just threw on the canvas and put in a hospital. <coughs> I don't think Wilder would have any problem with this uh, Fury guy. The Fury, look, and I'm telling you, I think this Wilder, if he'd have been around three or four years ago, he would have beat the Klitskos. I don't. I think the reason it kind of went down was the Klitskos were big guys. But do you, does anybody really think either Klitschko could have played in the NBA or, you know, in, in NFL? No, I doubt it. I mean, uh, so that's what's got me excited about this Wilder guy. I think he's a much better athlete than – than I haven't even seen Furry, Fury fight, but I tell you one thing. I'd back him with my money all day long in that fight.
0: Yeah, Luther and I tried to sit through the uh, no. YouTube version of Fury against Klitschko, Brian, and it was you, terrible. Yeah, it, good luck getting through that. I watched it as it happened, but um, they, they're just laying all over each other and yeah. scoring points here and there. And I mean, it's That's uh, not going
3: to happen this Wilder. He moved around. Great footwork. Great. He's got a 82 inch reach. I mean, this is a boxer. This isn't the, this isn't, and that's what's turned off people from the heavyweight division. And that's the kind of guy he fought last night. A tough guy. They should be in the, you know, the, 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 uh, what's the the other one that you cover? The, uh, war, MMA. The, uh MMA, these guys look like MMA fighters. Walter looked like an old fashioned boxer. And once again, happy birthday, Muhammad Ali. I think we finally found an American that may be able to. Hold your
0: belt. Big shoes to fill. We are the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 WXVW. We encourage you to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline, 502-384-1450. Plenty of other stories to cover this morning. Bruce Pearl led the Auburn Tigers to a victory over the Kentucky Wildcats, and that is still sinking in for so many of our listeners out there this morning. Brian, did you get a chance to watch any of the the games? No, I didn't. I was shocked by the score. I did not
3: watch it. Um, I had other obligations. Kentucky was a le- started at a ten point favorite, got bet up to an half point favorite. Uh, shocking loss. Cal uh, very upset. Uh, if you read, I read the post game comments of Cal. Very upset with. Uh, his big men, uh, Poitras and uh, Lee and, uh, you know, Scow? still not sure. Yeah, Scal, I don't even think but he pointed out Lee and, uh, and Poitras. I, I don't think anybody's disappointed with Scal anymore because they're over him. Uh, yeah. You know, but I'm shocked. I'm still shocked that Cal hasn't played the two big white guys uh, that he's got, you know, on the roster more. Um,
0: Just so, because yeah. they, they need somebody down low desperately.
3: Oh, yeah, they're getting killed down low. But did you catch the smack talk before the game that the Auburn player uh, really called Kentucky out before the game? And uh, I think that's really upset Cal the most was the fact that, uh, you know, nobody really responded to his calling him out, saying they were they were not afraid of Kentucky like they have And And it's been a long time since Auburn had beat UK, I think back to 2000. So a lot of games. Uh, so that's. That's a shocking loss. Uh, you know, I guess Mike wouldn't be too shocked. He was he was expecting quite a few road losses, as I was. I just didn't think Auburn would be one of them. Auburn's definitely a second-tier SEC school, and, and the SEC is not very strong again this year, in my opinion. And yeah. uh, so, you know, shocking loss. Uh, they're still very good at Rupp, but, boy, very troubling road loss.
1: I mean, this was ridiculous to watch. Um, they had a 12-point lead in the second half that they lost. Um I don't know I don't know what's going on with Kentucky. They don't play with any heart for you know for another team to come talk, talk trash to you. Imagine DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall that team. Imagine somebody walking up to them and talking trash. Remember the game when when they played Mississippi State and Mississippi State fans put DeMarcus Cousins' number um number out and just you know bugged them all week all week about um about the game and everything like that. And that game, he had, what, a double-double just came and killed them and talked trash to their fans the whole time, the whole way through. You just don't see any heart. You don't see – it seemed like a bunch of people that are just waiting to go to the NBA and don't really care about Kentucky at all, and they're just there for you fun. You know, that's
3: the challenge. That's a good point, Luther. That, But that's the challenge Cal has with, with the strategy that he has with the recruits he brings in. You know, you you can see a lot of things about someone's – you know, natural ability, their height, how they did in high school, you know, but, but you really can't measure their heart in a college game until you get them. And so it's a crapshoot. And uh, we've seen, you know, where it, it's been most definitely very productive, but there has been some duds in there, including the NIT team a few years ago, but I think but right. 2013, where it was a number one recruiting class, you know, and, and it just didn't mesh. This team is looking more and more like that. It does have good guard play, and Tyler Euliss continues to impress. But uh, Tyler Murray is you
1: know, doing good as well. I mean, Jamal Murray is yeah, doing good as well.
3: Yeah, but Petino or Patino Cow's a little upset with him. I mean, he 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 shoots the ball a lot. Murray, Murray I think, had twenty-two attempts last night. That's a lot. So, yeah. Uh, and he's not a good defender. And they had a lot of turnovers at the guard position yesterday. So you can't even say they played that great. But. Uh, you know, I, I know everyone wants the, the lead story in the Courage Journal. Cal, uh, Kentucky loses uh, on the road to a uh, below 500 Auburn team. That was, uh, the first right
1: time, that was the first time Auburn had beat a ranked team in 22 tries.
3: Yeah, so that's a shocking loss. But what's the lead story? <laughs> An unnamed source out of Las Vegas that Patino has interest in the job there. So, I mean, once again, I mean, it just blows me away. And I guess since I since I don't live in Louisville, I just I still just fascinated by the complete, utter ama- fascination that Kentucky fans and the media there have with Patino. And you know, Patino's you know he's got all these downfalls morally and all this kind of stuff. It, it's okay if he goes coaches anywhere else, but my God, everybody wants him out of Louisville, and he's not going anywhere, guys. I don't think you know, um,
1: he, I don't think Louisville fans want him out of Louisville. Louisville fans no, love no, Patino. No,
3: Oh, I agree with that. I well, no, I I would disagree a little bit. I I I've got some Louisville fans that that think he's you know, that that, you know, may have cooled now but wanted him gone initially. There were a lot of Louisville heck the Louisville uh the guy that does the uh, radio for Louisville, um Valvaino, He wanted him out. No, so the majority of Louisville fans I think love him and want him yeah. to stay. It's Louisville fans on the message boards that I'm on that, you know, that that but it's okay for him to go somewhere else, but uh, you know, he's not going anywhere. The, the, the guy made a million bucks at UNLV and there's some big time boosters that could up it. But, but why would he go anywhere when he's got the amount of money? Plus if he leaves Louisville, that's admitting defeat. That's admitting that he was involved in this thing right. and he's not going anywhere. And, and, and one last point on the whole thing, the number one point, it's an unnamed source. And we all know about those deals, but number two was who in their right mind, this being UNLV, would take little Richie as coach in waiting. He's 0-6 in the Big Ten. He's clearly failing at Minnesota. And Rick's 63, so you, you bring him in as a package deal. I don't know how many years you get out of Rick, and then you're stuck with little Ricky, uh, who is not proven. And no, no, I don't no. think he'll prove to be like his dad and uh, probably got a couple more years at Minnesota, and he's going to get canned there. He's not done as well as Tubby did there. So, I mean, you know, that, that, there's a big hole in that story right there, but they don't have the money, and Patino's got too much coming back. He's got VJ King coming in next year, who, by all accounts, may be right there with Samardo Samuels as is, is the top, I mean, recruit Patino's brought in, and he's got a lot of guys coming back. And who knows, maybe even Nanu, who I'd, rather, I'd really like to talk about Nanu, the emergence of Nanu. Uh, as the dominant big man maybe in the country, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah,
0: I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Brian, uh, guys, uh, sorry to interrupt you guys real quick. I I want to remind our listeners, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We will get to Shinano here shortly, but we're going to head to the Buzzline now. we got our caller on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Marcus? Oh, we lost Marcus. Marcus, if you're listening, please call back in. He wanted to get some comments in about the Bruce Pearl... Uh, victory over Kentucky in the history of Bruce Pearl. Very interesting caller there, um, and from our man Marcus who called last week also. But well, I'm sure we're going to hear from the
3: truth. I mean, Indiana would they go to six and zero yesterday in the Big Ten five and zero or six and zero? Very impressive, uh, you know. And, and so that's a big win. What about Maryland pounding the Buckeyes hundred to sixty five yesterday? Uh, that was a shocking score to, in my opinion, uh, that, that really is something that, uh, I did not see the Ohio state team, uh, really, uh, and, which is not going to help, uh, Kentucky's RPI or Louisville's RPI because Kentucky beat, uh, you know, Louisville. So, uh, and, and UCLA has continued to disappoint out there. I saw where they got pounded pretty good at home this week. So, uh, uh and I think they're about 11 and seven now. So a couple, of what's looking like bad losses, um, uh, for Kentucky, which is going to impact Louisville's RPI, too. So uh, that's not good news for Louisville as far as the seeding going into March.
0: No, no question about it. Uh, all across college basketball, there's upsets right now. You know, we have Louisville, who lost to Clemson recently. Uh, they've rebounded nicely after that. Kentucky lost to Auburn yesterday. We've got a caller on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline. Name is Johnny, has a question for us. Johnny?
2: Duke did
0: yesterday. Very good question there, Johnny. Thank you very much. Uh, Duke actually fell again yesterday. Um, what, what do you guys think of, of Duke's recent struggles?
3: I, so I watched that game. They lost to Notre Dame, and that's a great call, Johnny. Uh, they, You know, it was at home, so uh, it was a tough loss for them. Notre Dame's not having a good year. I think they were 2-2 two and two in league play. Uh, coming Just goes in, to show so how tough shot. the
0: ACC really is.
3: Yeah, but you really got to give props to Clemson. They won again. They beat someone else again. Uh, Another ranked team. Three ranked teams in a row. Yeah, now they've all been at home. So at some point, Clemson's got to leave the confines of South Carolina and go on the road. I don't know when that's going to be. It hadn't been in a while. But um, they've got to get on the road. But very impressive what they've got going on there. And uh, right now, North Carolina is the only undefeated team there. Uh, Carolina may want to call in. Uh, that was a good North Carolina, North Carolina state game yesterday, but, uh, I tell you what, it's, uh, a lot of stuff going on in college basketball. But as I said, and I know, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this. I wouldn't trade Nanu in the middle for anybody I've seen in college basketball. I, every game he looks better. If he can stay on the court, Louisville's going to be very difficult to beat.
0: Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502 384 1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We got our man, The Truth, on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth?
4: Oh, great and good spirit today for my uh, hoosie. What about a hard defensive coach at Indiana Holland, Tom Allen? This should be a defense coach at Florida State. Oh, he's been around. You know anything about him?
3: I don't. I don't. You Mike probably would be better to answer that question. Uh, but, Truth, I did want to congratulate you. That was a nice win yesterday. Uh, You're really uh, – the, the Hoosiers really are getting off to a very, very good start. Uh, I know they got some tough games coming up, but uh, very impressive win.
4: Hey, listen, you know what? The, you know, when the season first came out, people was uh, talking about Indiana really don't have depth. If we look at the last five games, the bench benches really carried them, uh, fitting in real good at all the players we lost. And right now, I said Tom Queen is the coach of the year, and Yogi
3: Fur is going to win the John Wooden Award. <laughs> well, there's still a lot of tough games coming up. But, you know, I look at their schedule, and it does – you know, Illinois, Northwestern, uh, and at Wisconsin, and then Minnesota – I mean, it, you're right though. Indiana really could get a lot of momentum going. There, there's not the Big Ten, in my opinion, is, is got a few good teams playing. Indiana being one of it, but uh, they they really may get on a roll here and run the table. They don't play their last game is against Maryland. Uh, of course, the big national story, truth, and what do you think about Iowa?
4: Oh, hey, that you know, Iowa just like Clemson, Clemson, the Iowa
3: is been knocking people off like crazy. Yeah, that's a good comparison. That's a very good comparison. Iowa, what, they've got two wins against Michigan State, including a 17- or 19-point win in Annar- Lansing uh, with the Valentine and the whole team. So, yeah, Iowa is getting a lot of attention. They're doing it on the road and uh, at home. I'm still curious to see what happens to Clemson when they have to go to, you know, different places. But, yeah, those two teams have really got a lot of attention and look for them to really rise uh, because Iowa's really gotten hot.
4: Let me throw a word out to you. All right. Thomas Oh, uh, About the big boy from Kansas. Where do you think he's going to end up at?
0: You know, I'm not sure, really. That, those are questions that would certainly be – Mike will be back with us next week. We'll have to get his in, uh-huh. input on that. Right, Kansas. The
4: rumors, the rumors going around say he's at Indiana bound.
0: Mm, that would
3: be a huge recruit. This is – I tell you what, the timing couldn't be better for Crean. Uh, I think you'd agree, Truth, that he really needed to produce this year. Uh, a lot um, of the uh, fans were really, you know, thinking that he'd underachieve, but he's certainly getting it done. And I got to be honest, I'm one of them. I did not see this happening. I did not expect okay. them to be as good as they are. And so, uh, props to the Hoosiers. They uh, they played okay. very very well. I'm one, looking one. at their schedule. They may make a real run.
4: I got a football question, no, you. What about Aaron Rodgers? On did you think Aaron Rodgers got the strongest on I ever seen play football?
0: That's what Luther was saying. Is he thinks he's a, a part of the Illuminati? Where he's come through. He, he <laughs> famously has never thrown a hail mary to end a game in his life uh, earlier this season, despite winning MVP of the NFL, I believe, at one point. And then out of nowhere, he has thrown two at the end of regulation. Absolutely amazing. Uh, pass there to a guy who was just signed off the practice squad in Janice. Um, so you're right, Truth. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely amazing. Uh, tough to see him go down to to uh, Arizona yesterday like that, but uh, wasn't for lack of effort.
4: Let me tell you something. Anytime you go against uh, you off uh, and you can slay the ball – I'll tell you what made a believe out of me. When they had the ball down, I think about to the 10-yard line. This man threw the ball back of his goal line, back of there, and throw it about 75 yards, man.
3: You just don't see stuff like that. No, that was a heck of a game. I tell you what, if you didn't love the way that game finished up, uh, I tell you what, I was going back and forth with the boxing and that game there and almost missed some of it. But I tell you what, uh, it was a crazy – what about the tip? Deflection that Arizona had on the uh, touchdown.
4: I'm telling you, that was good football. It it was clean football. And, yeah. and I hope today the Steelers win. I'm going to leave y'all with this. Uh, Kentucky Wildcats fans, I know your clan. Y'all have <laughs> heard y'all have stacked that. And y'all talking about. I'm going to leave y'all with this question. Every year we talk to Kentucky, and I'm going to pair Indiana uh, with. Uh, I'm going to take one player off the of Indiana player. And I'm going to thank Calipari for not taking it. Thomas Baker would be playing for Kentucky. They would be number one in the country. Because that's what Thomas Baker is better than any big man they got, right or wrong.
3: I, I think you'd have to definitely say yeah. I mean, there's no question. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I know Coach Cal would love to have Nanu in there. That's the problem with this Kentucky team is that they are not – they don't have any anybody inside. And, and Mike – I'll give Mike credit. He called this. He called this back in the summer. I mean, he 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 was concerned about this. Oh, so did? Oh, so did? Yeah, he did. That they that they didn't have. He was very concerned about the the lack of depth in the middle. Now, I don't think anybody predicted that Scow would just be a absolute no. How many minutes did he get yesterday? They no. know he even play. I. I think the last time
4: I I kept up with it, I I was reading something on ESPN. They said in the last five games, he scored like 16 points. How can you be the number one high school player, number one player in the NBA, and people still talking about uh, they want to pick him first? If they do, they ought to call the police and, or give me people a drug <laughs> test and take him first. drug test. Right. I, I agree. He, I've been saying that. My I'll on,
3: he's out of the draft now. I mean, it, he's not being
0: projected as going in either round now. But no, he needs God to it, stay. It he look, played yeah. eight minutes yesterday. Eight minutes, Scala BCA played.
1: I think he what needs to work on his to? game. He,
0: he had two rebounds, one block shot, one turnover, and four points. Wow. Oh, you got to be kidding. Me. No, no. So, Truth, we appreciate your call. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. Have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you next week, Truth. Thanks so much.
3: Bye-bye. Right,
0: Truth. Right. Good stuff there from our man, The Truth. Uh, He's got a
3: lot to be excited about. The Hoosiers are really playing well, and, uh, you know, they they really may make a very serious run. And uh, looking at their schedule, you know, I, I know I'm tough on the SEC's schedule, but, boy, the Big Ten's not a lot better. There's some There's some good teams. Maryland looks good. Uh, Michigan State, but boy, a lot of a lot of uh, real duds in there too.
0: Looking over this Kentucky against Auburn box score, there is some reasons for optimism. Uh, Tyler Uwes had 17 points with seven of seven from the free throw line, had 10 rebounds at five whatever he is five eight, 10 rebounds, yeah. eight assists, one turnover. So I mean, an absolutely impressive stat line for little man Tyler Uwes. For this Kentucky team another guy who had a big outing was um, Derek Willis out of Bullet County 12 rebounds 12 points uh, he was two for two from the line hit two three pointers in 31 minutes so there is some bright spots for this Kentucky team but anyway you any way you spin it they lost to Auburn in yeah. basketball
1: I still um I still I'm still a big fan of Derek Willis I think he um, he should get more play time I actually think he should start over scow if possible because I think he's a be- um, much better player than Will Scou. He's produ- he's producing better, you know. So you can't take that away from him. And
3: he is, I agree with that. But on the on the downside of that is he absolutely gives you no brawn. I mean, look how slightly built he is. I mean, Kentucky needs some size, and that's why I'm I'm really shocked we haven't seen any more activity from the two big guys, two big white guys that are sitting on the bench. The guy that just came over from uh, where Australia or something, and and the other guy. I mean. And, Humphreys. I mean, that they need to get some size in there. That's where they're getting killed. I do like Willis, uh, but I don't think Kentucky's going to be a serious title contender if Willis is leading them.
1: Okay, I don't, I'm not saying him being the leader, but I think they could kind of play kind of like a – kind of the Warriors type of offense where they go small. And, you know, Willis can shoot and put Porteous in there to get a rebound, um, put Marcus Lee in there. You know, it's going to be a smaller, smaller team – but it's going to be hard to deal with. Rebound,
3: it. That's the whole. That would work. I think. You, I think you're right with Willis. He would fit into that. But I don't think the the personnel around him is going to allow that because right. you, you know the big if in that was that Poitras and Lee get the rebound and they go games where they don't even show up. So right. if, if if they had some big guys inside there, I agree. Willis could be a, a real nice play. Six nine. He's got great range. Uh, You know he, he's he's a good shooter. He he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And he hustles. He
1: goes after the ball. He's a scrapper.
3: Yeah, and he's got a good attitude. So I think I'm 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 glad to see him getting some minutes. You know the the JUCO transfer Molder, uh, who who I thought was going to Louisville last year, yeah, highly recruited by Louisville, goes to Kentucky. He's actually going to start getting more minutes in my opinion. So um, he's playing with you know, and he's got great range. Nice size, 6'4", great three-point shooter. So I look for mm. him to get more minutes. On okay. I don't
1: think I've really seen a, I seen a lot from him. but um, Okay, so. He hit
3: seven rebounds or so last night. Does oh, wow. He the ball. He gets in there. And uh, he, he's, he's shown some flashes. But I think the bigger question is, you know, how some of these guys. And at this point, too, you got to say, you know, I, I know we talked about it last week. But I got a hard time thinking Murray is is just a, a locked down first round draft choice at this time. So, I mean, as the season, if this season continues for the Cats more so than any other one, and Cal's done a marvelous job of orchestrating guys in and out, I do think they're going to have some roster issues next year because a lot of these one and dones, I don't think are going to be done. Yeah, so they, I don't know where they go. I'm going to throw this out for you guys. I know everyone wants to talk about Patino leaving. I'll take anybody's bet that the first guy out of
0: Kentucky is Cal. Wow. Okay, bold statement Cal there. Cal goes first. Oxmoor Cr- Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Do you think Patino or Cal will leave their respective universities first? We're going to head to the buzz oh, line now. Man. we got our man Mar- Marcus is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Marcus? I'm doing all right, Kelly. Appreciate Good you. Good show so
5: far today. I've been listening so far this morning. I don't know if I have a comment on who will leave first. I know Cal has said over the years, so changed the rule about one and done to two and done, but it just wears him down by the end of every season. He gets exhausted of trying to teach a new group of kids the same basics every single season. So it
0: might be Cal before Patina. Sure. What do you think of the, the yeah. loss for Kentucky yesterday? Bruce Pearl, I believe he has an impressive record against Calipari and Kentucky uh, historically. But he pulled off a big win at home yesterday for this Auburn Tigers team. What do you think of Bruce Pearl and his victory over Calipari and the Wildcats yesterday?
5: Well, I think uh, Pearl's probably the best coach in the SEC. Uh, if not, he's definitely in the top two or three. You know, over the years, he's only 4-8 and eight against Calipari. Okay. But when you go back to the years when uh, Pearl was at Tennessee and Calipari was at Memphis, uh, you would sort of consider those two schools to be more evenly matched. Obviously, Auburn, you know, has had one or two great basketball seasons in the history of their team. Uh, they were 500 against each other and just loathed each other. So uh, when the schedule came out and I saw that Kentucky played Auburn at Auburn, I just marked that off as a loss. Wow. Uh, yeah. even though Auburn was, was missing two of its top four players yesterday and they still beat Kentucky. So I don't think that's a knock on U.K. I'm not going to run around and panic and say, oh, this is another U.K., uh, what is that? NIT team, like one of the geniuses on the late-night news last night. But uh, I look for U.K. to lose six, seven, eight games this year, and then when they get to the tournament, you know, they're a Sweet 16 team. The question, obviously, with Cal is can they be a Final Four team? But uh, as far as Bruce Pearl... You know, he's kind of had a had a strange journey over the years, uh, from you know being the assistant that ratted out another Big Ten school for recruiting violations, and then the wheel comes around and he lies to the NCAA at Tennessee and gets canned and uh, a show cause order for the exact same thing.
3: Yeah, that that is that's a great point and. uh you know, I still can't get the image of uh, Pearl running around in that orange suit soak, soaking wet. Remember that one? That, that bothers me still. You know,
5: he used to go to classrooms down in Knoxville when he first got there, uh, just wearing shorts and a T-shirt <laughs> and uh, show up in classrooms and, and, and speak to the kids about come out and support the team. You know, he used to go to Lady Balls games and paint his chest orange and take his coat off. So, you know, he's got the motivational tactics down, that's for sure.
0: Marcus, we appreciate your call this morning. Uh, you're right. Bruce Pearl has had a very interesting uh, career trajectory in that he was a, an assistant at Iowa from 86 to 92, all sorts of uh, uh, problems that went on there. He ended up, quote, ratting out another uh, Big Ten coach there, and he was somewhat blackballed from the industry for a while before making his comeback in and his, his – Uh, emergence in the real center stage of college basketball while at the University of Tennessee. And now he's back at Auburn. It seems like it's taken a little bit of time for him. I guess this is, what, his second or third year now at, at Auburn. But I'm a believer that once Bruce Pearl gets his guys in there, if you can keep them around... This Auburn team's going to make some noise. It may not be this year, but I believe, I don't know that you're right when you said, did you mean to say that Bruce Pearl's the best coach in the SEC ahead of John Calipari? Oh, sure. Wow.
5: As far as actual on the court adjustments, uh, you know, getting his players to play his system. I mean, weren't you guys just talking earlier about Calipari having trouble finding the right buttons to push, basically, with mm-hmm. this team? And sometimes I think it's interesting when people use that term blackballed, you know, when somebody's sort of discriminated against. Do you ever wonder maybe if that blackball listing lasted a little bit longer because Bruce Pearl's Jewish?
3: Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree with Marcus. Uh, He is a good coach, and and I do think he's a better – if he had the talent that Cal had, uh, he would would do better with the talent. He is a good coach. He does – his players – I think Luther brought it up earlier – His players do love him. I mean, he is a player's coach, and uh, they play very hard for him.
1: I think um, the thing about comparing Bruce Pearl and Calipari is Calipari is a better recruiter, but do people really give him credit for being a great coach as far as X's and O's? Like, we always talk about, you know, Calipari makes it out here. He's always had these great people, but we've never really considered him. We've never put him in the list of, you know, the – the Coach K's of the world, the Bill Self. We're not thinking of Calipari as this last minute. He's going to be thinking his great players are going to make great plays when it's time to make, this, make those plays, but we're not seeing him as just the coach that's going. You know, when we see Coach K, we know Duke won because Coach K called the right plays, whereas we just don't see that when it comes to Calipari, and that's where I think the difference is, which I, might, I will agree that Bruce Burrow is a better um, coach overall.
0: What a hire by Auburn to bring Bruce Pearl in. Marcus, thank you very much for the call. Have a great rest of your weekend. We hope to thank hear you, from Marcus. you soon. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Good stuff there. What, a, what an educated caller from our man Marcus. But he brings no, up some – great call.
3: He brings up a good uh, – coaching does matter. Look at Syracuse. I mean, co- now that they've got Beheim back, you watch them go on a run. I know they won, I think, yesterday. Uh, you, know, it, it, you know, coaching does matter. Here's the same players you put the coach back in. I tell you one thing, if if for some reason Patino missed a few games and Ralph Willard coached it, I don't think
0: you'd see the same
3: effort.
1: No, not at all.
0: No, although uh, Ralph Willard probably knows the Rick system as well or better than anyone, maybe short of Little Ricky. Uh, well, maybe even beyond uh, Richard Pitino, I, I would trust Ralph Willard. But you're right; he doesn't bring the energy. He's not Rick Pitino, and, and I think a lot of times, especially in college, NBA, Luke Walton can step in for Steve Kerr, and everything you don't really miss a beat. It's pretty much the exact same thing. But I think in college. You can't say enough about the actual coaches. So I think that's why it's so marketable. And as much as uh, the college game has dwindled and you could argue that it's a dying sport on the national level – coaches make it rick patino john calipari that's why rick patino doesn't want to go to the nba anymore he's figured it out and i think billy donovan will be back i think brad stevens will end up being back
1: you think brad stevens will come back
0: i think eventually he will how's he doing in boston okay so in the the playoff picture they're in
3: the barely in the playoff picture uh you know but i i wouldn't say it's been a a big success so far for Brad Stevens and Boston, it
1: hasn't been a big success, but it hasn't been a failure either. He has this team no. look. He has this team looking good. You know, last year they went um, to play the Cavs. They didn't have bad games. You know, they had some close games. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's resurrected that program. That um, sure. That Celtics um, mantra, like they kind of growing. It's they look like a better team now than they did the year before he was there, they look more jailed. It looked like they could get just a couple more pieces. They could actually turn into a great team. Not a great team, but a decent enough team to where I feel like if the Celtics were able to land a Ben Simmons or even, you know, just one of these great players, I mean, it's almost impossible. But if they were able to land any one of these great players, I feel like they would turn into a better team or a great team.
0: No question about it. Brad Stevens is not falling on his face. I personally predict At some point, whether it be two, three years, he'll end up at some big university because he would always be at the top of a coaching search uh, for, you know, a Kansas or any of those big schools if an opening did happen. We appreciate everybody tuning in this morning. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning on the air from 9 a.m. until noon. We've got NBA to talk about. Don't get Luther or Brian or myself too fired up about the NBA because we'll talk about it all show. We've got the NFL today. We've got college basketball. We already covered a little bit of boxing. So please get involved in the show. 502-384-1450. Stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
1: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly, Brian, and I will be talking everything sports. You can join the conversation. Call us on the Oxmoor Chrysler, Dutch, Jeep, and Ram buzz line, 502 384 1450. We've already been talking about everything sports. We talked boxing with Deontay Wilder, we talked college basketball, and we've talked a little bit of NBA. Um, so, Brian, um, Brian, what do you think about um, Cali Perry or, or Patino? Who's going first?
3: I think it's Cal. Cal's got the best options. I mean, uh, Cal's, you know, he's got, he's got a Russian billionaire uh, that loves him, uh, that's con- seriously considering a guaranteed $120 million uh, contract and complete control of his team. I uh, don't know if that's the right opportunity for uh, Cal or if he'll choose something else, but uh, I agreed with uh, Marcus, uh, the guy that called earlier, You know, this is a, and I've said it for years. It's a tough deal what Cal has, where he's got to take a group and 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 and, you know really work over the basics. I mean, you know, we're giving Scow a lot of you know grief for his performance, but here's a guy that really didn't even get to play high school ball. So I mean, can you imagine how much work Cal's got to do with this guy? So it's an uphill battle every year, and he's got so many alumni in the pros. It makes him so attractive. That's that's what Cal's got that no one else has. He has got all these NBA stars that would love to play for him. You know, we talk about Bruce Pearl and the loyalty uh, and him being a player's coach. Cal's players love him.
1: Cal's and, the ultimate player coach.
3: Yes, ultimate player's coach. And a lot of them are becoming free agents. So, I mean, that is a big commodity that Cal carries, and, and it's not lost on these NBA owners. They know that if they could land Cal – uh, you know Cal's got the ability to bring completely change their team with the free agents that would that would migrate towards cal so if I had to bet uh, I don't think either one of them's gone anytime soon but I would definitely think Cal's got more options uh, and patino I don't think even if he wanted to I don't think patino would leave this deal where it's at now he yeah. wants to clean up what he started uh, with the scandal situation and uh, go from there so uh, and, and like I said before, the thing that really kills this UNLV story for me is they got to bring Little Richie with him. Little Richie's got no value at all.
1: In yeah, my barely over 500.
3: Yeah, and, and he won't be by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, so why would UNLV want to take Patino with the fact that he's got to then be replaced by a coach that can't coach? So, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's no good there. So uh, until there's some name sources in that deal – that I don't give that any credibility. Hey Luther, I want to tell you. I went to the Pacers game Friday. Okay. And, um packed house at uh, you know Bankers Life Fieldhouse uh and man, what a dud the Pacers effort-wise. They plays the, played the Wizards. John Wall had a great night, looked great, and, and they played with much more energy than the Pacers. Very frustrating loss. And after going through a great November with the small lineup, uh you know, he's starting to uh Tinker a little bit with the lineup, and I don't think Larry Bird's very happy about it. Larry Bird likes that spread offense that they had. Uh, they were playing C.J. Miles at the at I, the at the forward position. They've now moved him to the guard position and brought Lavoy Allen in, who I, I like Lavoy, but uh, they don't have the same ball movement. Paul uh, George isn't scoring at the same level, and uh, the Pacers got some problems they got to fix. I think fast. um
1: I think that wing four position was the best position they could have put um Paul George in. Um, yep. during the beginning of the season it, it showed a lot of success I don't know what happened I think after kind of after the Golden State game because that was kind of what they were mimicking by put, um, putting Paul George at the floor. Um after that Golden State game they realized maybe they could be exposed and people kind of saw how they could be exposed um, because you know Golden State ended up playing bogey a lot more in that game than you know we expected also um, or easily more in that game than we expected and I don't know. I think the guy um they have to get back to get back to putting poor Georgia the four, CJ Miles. Um I was would, I, I would suspecting more out of um Monte Ellis. I'm not seeing a lot out of him and it's kinda of disappointing. He played
3: good Friday night. He, he did played, he was about one of the only ones that had to played with a lot of energy. Uh that that was their third game in the week and it did look like it. But I read the comments in the Indianapolis paper the next morning and uh um the coach of Indy and I'm forgetting his name, uh the U.K. grad. Uh, Vogel,
0: Frank, Vogel, Frank, Frank Vogel, Vogel. Frank, yeah.
3: Frank. he better listen to Larry because he, who he's listening to right now is Paul George. Paul George, does he, he does not want to play that three. Right. Or, I'm sorry, the, he wants to play the three, not the two. Uh, and, not, the four. Uh, Larry, not the four.
0: Larry Bird wants him to play the power forward spot. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly.
3: Yep. No, no. Yeah, yeah, power forward. You're right. And, and he doesn't want to do it. And Vogel's siding with him. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Larry and he sits he sits in the same seat every game, right in front of Donnie Walsh, and uh, he better get with the program, Frank, because Larry knows what he's talking about, and he's the team president, right. and uh, everybody loves Frank, but uh, Frank better get with the program or he's going to get canned.
1: Plus, and, who better um, who better to tell you about that position than Larry Bird? Like he played yeah. that um, three four position, and he was he's known for that. He's a legend. If he's telling you, hey, I see this, you know, I see these great talents in this this guy, poor George, and I think he'll he be able to um, service us better playing this position. Who are you as Frank Vogel to go against, Dave, if that's what's winning for you? It just yeah, doesn't really make a lot of George. sense. I
3: agree 100%, Luther. And how, how Bird sold it to Paul George was it was going to prolong your career like it prolonged my career. Right. And, you know, he really tried to make a sales job, and Paul George hasn't bought into it. And uh, I think Frank Vogel better start listening to, to his boss and instead of a star player, but hey, switching gears in the NBA guys, I know it's a special year for Golden state. I, I, they did lose last night, but I've been saying for the last month, the mo, the most
0: likely NBA champ is San Antonio Spurs.
1: Oh my God. This ESPN with agrees
0: me. with you. ESPN agrees with you. And I hate to interrupt. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is five zero two three eight four 1450. As I said earlier between Luther, Brian, and myself, we will get to the NBA talk. I'm sure we will. But we're going to head to the buzz line now. we got our man, Brother Mac, is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Mac? Doing good, guys. How are you all? Doing great. What, what do you have for us this morning on the heels of a disappointing loss by the Kentucky Wildcats? Well, it's not surprising
6: again. But, uh, you know, I'm with Brian, uh, the coach. He's just not an X's old guy. He can recruit and that's all he can do. I'm going to disagree with him in regards to who leaves first. I think the first person that needs to be gone is Ramsey. Come on. (laughs) I mean, anybody anybody that loses control of the whole university cannot even, you know, he needs to be gone. I mean, well, I I don't disagree with that,
3: that, Brother Mac, but I don't think he is. I mean, do you think he, you think, would would you place any money that Ramsey does go anywhere?
1: He's not going anywhere.
3: He's not going anywhere. He should. Uh, I, don't, I don't disagree I'm, with that. I'm just saying I I'm not going to place any, any money.
6: Question. I'm not going to place any money, but if for his position and what has happened there, he should be gone, period.
3: Yeah, it I mean, seemed like no uh, president. Will. You think he will but go? It,
6: only time will tell. Uh, the other thing, oh, he'll I he'll went to like two go. games this week. I went to two games this week. I went to both Kentucky and uh, Louisville games, and uh, hands down to Louisville with the facilities. I mean, uh, Kentucky's way, it's past time. It's past time to be reinventing Rupp now, and they're they're not going to be spending money till next year on a, just a scoreboard or whatever, but that facility is so old and so outdated, it's unbelievable. Uh, even though I did get to sit in the lower arena, uh, nowhere close to the facilities at UofL. Congratulations to UofL and their fans for having a great facility. I enjoyed both games in that. But uh, my biggest disappointment is our big guys, we can't even shoot free throws. we got two starters on the team that are 34.5% and one's 37%. Marcus Lee, 37%. And Briscoe, 34.5% from the free throw line. Are you kidding me? You you know, you can put big guys in there and they can get fouled and they can shoot free throws. I mean, Derek Willis is 100%. Uh, Humphreys is 72%. And this new kid, who knows what he is,
3: yeah. but you know, thing. Oh, he's he's they, unconditioned. They like the games. Why aren't the big guy? Why aren't those two big white guys, Humphrey and the other guy? When are they going to get an opportunity to get on the court?
6: <laughs> I don't know. He, you know, he says conditioning. I don't care. You can sub a player anytime you want. You know, if you're a really good X's and O coach, you would actually figure out a way to get them in and get them playing time and see what they can do. I don't yeah. care. You know, he if and that's shame on him too. If he didn't have This uh, windward kid condition, and he just let him come in, and he says he can't even get up and down the court. Well, that's bad on uh,
3: Calipari for letting that happen.
6: Well, Mac, let me. Already
3: been conditioned. I agree with that. That's a good point there. I mean, and how do you get that far out of shape as a young kid? I think he's only about nineteen years old. I mean, golly, I mean, uh, uh, Luther. Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of. But Mac, let me ask you this: kind of tie into our conversation. So we were talking about Bruce Pearl. If Bruce Pearl had the same recruits as Kentucky um, has right now, as Calipari has right now, do you think he'd be a better coach? So would you as a um, – I'm assuming you're a Kentucky fan? I'm a Kentucky fan, Okay, yeah. so you as a Kentucky fan, right now, would you rather have Bruce Pearl or Coach Kyle if it came with the same recruits? Uh, I'd have
6: Bruce Pearl first for Bruce coaching. Bruce Pearl, but so – recru- But here's my thing. I think, and it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see Cal gone. To tell you the truth, really. I think, he's already, I think he's already got Kentucky back on the uh, recruiting trail, regardless of who the coach is. Right. I think That's we good need point. an ex belt coach. I
3: think who would you like to see if Cal? Cal jumped to the 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 league, the NBA, brother Mac. Who would give me a name of somebody you'd like to see? Maybe an, an ex-Kentucky guy, or who would you like to see potentially come in? Indy in Coach
7: Kentucky?
3: Mm. Yeah, it's tough to say. That's a tough know. question. <laughs> what if Dan Issel's still around? He was a good coach in the NBA.
1: I mean, who who were the um, candidates the last time? What was it? Um, Billy Donovan, um, Calipari, um, Travis Forge from? Scott Walker. Okay.
3: Skywalker. Skywalker. You know, Billy Donovan will probably have failed in the NBA by then. <laughs> right. So he may be a candidate. You're right. How's he, he doing in the
0: NBA? Oklahoma City's not doing that great. Let's bring it up, though, here. They're doing better once uh, – It's a tough no, Western that, Conference still, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, not not, not as to tough as it was in the me. past. Brother Mac, thank you so much for your call. Before we let you go, anything you want to get in?
6: No. Uh, my Packers, they held it up uh, – They did a great job last night. I was very impressed with that game.
0: Great effort by the uh, Packers. You're right. Brother Matt, let me ask you a question. How's
3: your golf game? And uh, have you seen any of the uh, start to the golf season this year? Jordan Spieth not in the tournament out in Hawaii now, but uh, what an impressive win he had uh, coming out of the gate uh, last week. Do you see any of that? Oh,
6: yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, He's on fire. That kid's unbeatable. He's unbelievable yeah. it's unbelievable what he can he can do, but my golf game is uh shaping up, looking forward to playing some golf here soon.
0: had a boy, had a boy, maverick All right, thank you very much for the call. <laughs> Brother Mac. You have a great rest of your weekend. We look forward to hearing from you soon. I'm looking up the uh, bringing up the NBA standings right here right I think and I have maintained for a long time if Cal leaves. There's no question in my mind who the number one candidate should be. And Ooh. the only guy who could fill the shoes and do a similar type job as Calipari, Sean Miller out of Arizona. Oh, why would he leave Arizona? He because just signed Ken- the top recruit. Yeah, because yeah. Kentucky's a better <laughs> coaching job than, than Arizona. Do you Would do you,
1: you say Kentucky's the best coaching job right now? Maybe. Maybe
3: oh, I would Definitely. say probably yeah, Definitely. and they and they can pay the most. I guess you're right. And he's from the you know he's from he's from Pennsylvania, so maybe he wants to get back to that area. But uh, yeah, I mean if if Kentucky could, when Cal does leave, and all the coaches are eventually going to leave, and Sean Miller's a lot, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a name right now that would be a wonderful coach.
0: His brother Archie. Golly, doing a I think job at Dayton. You're right. Uh, he may be a more realistic candidate, but wow! But but you can also make a case. Um, and I know I'm now playing devil's advocate there, Brian. You can also make a case. Why would he leave Dayton? Whereas Dayton oh. is uh, uh, one of the top college basketball markets in the country. I know there's more money, and money always talks. But I think you're right, Brian. Sean Miller is a great candidate. His younger brother Archie is right up there with the top up-and-coming stars in the world of college basketball. I
1: mean, why would um, Shaka Smart leave um, VCU? VCU,
0: money. Money Money. talks.
1: Plus, you have to keep furthering your career all the time. You You do,
0: yeah, and those guys are all very competitive and they always want to win and they always want to take on the next challenge. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Very active morning today. As we've had many people getting in on the action, we're going to head back to the buzz line. We have a caller, Michael, is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Michael?
2: Hey, hey I'm doing. All right. I had to stop laughing uh, before I called in. Hey, hey, I, I'm not here to defend Calipari, man. Nothing like that, man. I don't have to defend the man. But w- was was that uh, Bruce Pearl's son uh agent? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I right. mean, hey, <laughs> the guy left so fast. He didn't get Bruce Pearl's resume. You're right. He didn't tell me how many for fours he's gone to. Oh, he didn't tell me mean, how many Coach of the Year awards he's won. Uh, how many SEC titles? He just said he was the best over one game. Come on, dude! And the other guy, come on, Bruce Pearl over Calipari. I didn't know that was a comparison. Come on, man! <laughs> great call. I, oh, I love it. Yeah, what was the? Yeah. What was Bruce Pearl doing? We got his butt kicked at Tennessee. What was? What was he? You know, what was the guy in? Come on, man! But I mean, are you serious? We were talking hypothetical. On, we were talking how hypothetical. Many players, how many players? How many players? He's developed and it's in the NBA? Oh, we're well, not gonna go there, though. Come on, dude. <laughs> Just ask, ask the players, man. They probably can't stop laughing either. Get real, dude. Come we, on, man.
1: You are making a great point, stop man.
0: Fair, like fair. That, man. Fair fair. I'm gone, dude. Thank you very much for the call. Wow, Mike bringing the energy this morning. We appreciate the <laughs> call, it. Michael. Great call there. It's very fair. I think it was a hypothetical question, though, and Brother Mac did follow. We, we were saying is, if you all things are equal, and you're just judging by on-the-court coaching, would you take Bruce Pearl or John Calipari? We know that that's a scenario that will never come to fruition in real life, but it sounds like at least this morning. Plus,
1: like that's um, that's a hard choice to make because Calipari comes with more than just basketball coaching. He comes with you know the relationship with celebrities, the relationship with people. Drake loves Peoples him. Person. I mean, if
0: you have the maybe the top rapper in the world, right? Completely and said, on your your. But you uh, know, Michael coattails. brings up a good
3: point. You know, Cal he did get to the
0: Final Four
3: with UMass, and that wasn't a star study. It did have Marcus Camby, but I mean, and he did do it at Memphis. I mean, so. You know, it, we're being very unfair to Cal. We being unfair to him. <laughs> it was one loss to Auburn. And, uh, you know, I, I just – I got a hard time taking uh, Bruce Pearl too serious. Uh, with, you know, and he'd have to – his body of work would have to greatly improve. But they, they did have Kentucky's number yesterday. But Definitely. I've said it before, Kentucky under Cal, unless they've really got great talent, they're no matter what Cal has, they're not, you're not going to beat him at Rup. But Cal can be beaten on the road unless he has a great team. It's he's not a great road coach, and uh, and that was proven yesterday.
1: You know what I think it is. I think we we're more appreciating how um, Bruce Pearl's journey and us seeing his you know intelligence as a basketball coach rather than. And in in the process of doing that, we might have you know kind of degraded Calipari <laughs> a little bit. we got bit. a little caught up. In yeah, in the process. Yeah, I called by Michael. I'm Shout out by, to I'm you,
0: Michael. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502384-1450. We just had another caller in, Frankie who said that we're crazy for suggesting that Bruce Pearl's a better coach than Calipari. We we need to maybe take a step back and say we got a little caught up in the moment. (laughs) I think we can all agree to that. Bruce Pearl has a nice redemption story. And we all like the feel-good story where you get knocked down and you get fired for allegations against you, the the, NCAA. But but let's
3: be fair. I mean, those were self-inflicted wounds. I mean, Bruce Pearl wasn't just singled out and, and, you know, people made stuff up on him. I mean, there's a reason he was kicked out of the game, and he's very lucky to be back in it. But those were very serious allegations that he had against him.
0: You know, very interesting story and and career trajectory for Bruce Pearl. I I think he's great. I think he's a personality. And as I referenced earlier, I think college sports, not just basketball, but also college football, that's where it's at. If you're a coach and you're a personality, that's what sells these programs. You don't have to know the individual players. I mean – uh tom izzo uh coach k uh, all these guys that's what sells in college sports is the the coaches and that's why they get paid so much money
1: hey kentucky fans let's hear from you come call and defend either defend or tell us if you take bruce pearl over calipari
0: we've got a lot of votes (laughs) for bruce pearl over john calipari 502-384-1450 give us a call golly Uh, but in all seriousness guys we're nba fans We'll transition back to the NBA. Who do you guys you, – you both said something that I would also consider to be a little taboo in 2016, and that's that you think the San Antonio Spurs have a better chance of winning the NBA Finals than the Golden State Warriors. You
1: know what? I think maybe a couple of years ago that would have been taboo to say – but right now, the way, you know, every media member is saying this, because we're all watching the San Antonio Spurs finally jail, and LaMarcus Aldridge become that the member of that team that we we thought he could become, and Kawhi Lennon is playing out of his mind, um, it's just ridiculous to see, it's amazing to see, well, um, what the San Antonio Spurs are doing, I mean, Pop's gonna rest them all the way through, so we're never probably going to really see what they're capable of until the finals come along, but... Can you really um, bet against San Antonio right now?
3: No, I really like San Antonio, and they got the best coach. You know, they brought in uh, Aldridge. I mean, they've still got Duncan. He's, he's the master at resting his players, going in. He knows what the end result is. It's not to go 72-10 and 10 or better. It's to win the NBA championship, and he keeps that in his mind the whole time and everything he backs it up from the nba finals and everything else is geared towards that so i mean they know how to do it they've got great fans they don't lose at home i think they got a deeper team and they've got better inside play so i, I yeah i really like the spurs and i think uh, i think i think we're gonna see as the year goes on the warriors wear down a little bit when you when yeah. you're a jump shooting outside shooting team you can have off nights and uh and you're going to see them get a little tired, I think. And, uh, hey, I got, a, I got one for you guys. I know we're switching gears here. Kentucky's next game is Thursday night at Arkansas. Once again, an Arkansas team that's not great, but it's another road game, 7 o'clock on ESPN Thursday. Boy, I tell you what, I believe, especially if Cal's listening to this show, which we know he's not, uh, he'll really have this team fired up if he's, being, if he's losing in an online poll to Bruce Pearl. <laughs> So that's going to be an interesting Well, Cal, if you're listening,
1: right you could call in too. Yeah, call in. 502 414 1450.
3: And Rick, if you're there and you're listening, give us, uh, give us the thoughts on this uh, you and uh, little Richie, who I don't think can coach. I've got to tell you. That kills. When I read that part of the story, I said, "Well, that that you you can throw that whole report away because who wants to bring Little Richie with him?" I mean, Little Richie is going to get canned in Minnesota very soon. uh,
0: For those of you who think we here on the Weekend Sports Buzz can be a little bit of Rick Pitino apologists, maybe uh, Rick Pitino homers. I agree with you, Brian. Little Richie. (laughs) If we're if we're Rick Pitino homers, and that's all we are then wouldn't we be trying to defend Richard Patino? No. We love the Patino family so much. Um, why, why would it be so easy to just completely dismiss? I mean, I don't have a problem with him being a legitimate um, assistant coach somewhere. And, and you know, uh, Jim Laranega, his son, is an assistant coach to the Celtics. When Brad Stevens had to miss a game last week, I saw that Jim Laranega's son stepped in as the head coach. Uh, for a short period If I were Richard Pitino I would be an assistant On an NBA team somewhere I'd be doing something like that I I don't think that That it's that easy Yeah To be a big time coach In See, college basketball thing, I, I think it, they're oversimplifying it and Trying to throw him out there
1: The thing about it is I think he should have spent More time at FIU Because um, or was it Florida Atlantic or Florida International?
0: Florida International.
1: Right. Florida International because when he went there, you know, he um, he took Raheem Bakos with him who um, was the leading scorer for his team. They, did, they had a decent year and I think he got promoted too fast because of his dad's connection where we should have kind of let him kind of prove himself on his own a little bit more. Than to have just promoted him so fast into um, Tubby Smith's position.
3: Oh yeah, there's no question about it that he that the only reason he got the Minnesota job was that he was Patino's son, and Patino really worked on. I tell you what, if there's anything truth to the, the rumor at all, the UNLV rumor, uh, why would Rick feel compelled to have to sign a final deal that includes locking his son up? I right. Mean, that's uh, I mean that right there, you know, would indicate that he doesn't think his son can do it on his own merits. But you know, Tubby Smith who is a far better coach than little Ricky will ever be in my
1: opinion. (laughs) Uh,
3: You know, he got canned out of Minnesota and he, and they had much better records and did a much better job. But I mean, he's looking at a goose egg right now in the big 10 and this, and he's losing some teams that aren't very good and he's losing it at home. And uh, they're not going to put up with that. And if he gets canned out of Minnesota, don't look for him to get another job. I mean, there, Patino's had some real good assistants that have come out and earned it. I think Willard's doing a great job at Seton Hall right now. Uh, you know, and he's got some guys over the years that have done very well, Tubby being one of them. But little Ricky is not one of them, and I don't expect to see it. I never. You did. don't
1: think he, um, you don't think he get another job, like even an assistant position? Oh
3: yeah, he'll get an assistant.
1: Position. Okay, just not another head coaching job.
3: No, would you hire him as a head coach?
1: Um, no. Depends would, on what school you're yeah. at. if
3: you're at FIU or something. like I would Manhattan. take him back at
1: FIU. Yeah, if so. it
3: fails and gets canned out of Minnesota, I don't know about that. I yeah, mean, you're there's right. Still coaches that 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 deserve it, and at some point, you can only be rich rick patino's son and that carries so much weight yeah uh you know, and and it did get it does get him in a lot more homes for recruits and he just simply hasn't done it i mean we've got to call a spade a spade and and and, and he's not gotten the job done and i never and a lot of people thought that rick was going to try to set it up where he came back to louisville my
0: goodness nobody no, wants to i don't think
1: happen. i don't think louisville fans are going for How that
0: mad way. would you be as a louisville fan if they said rick patino is retiring tomorrow and Surprise, Richard Petino's. No, day. I think the oh athletic I think,
1: I think as the greatest athletic director has been, him and Ramsey and everybody at that school will get fired they the next day. they should immediately be fired if in they all did seriousness, that. If they did
0: that. Uh, I think that this story. That's not going to No, it's not going to happen. So it doesn't really even warrant consideration. But what does is a seemingly legitimate report out of Las Vegas. That, seemingly legitimate. It's an unnamed source. There's no, okay, absolute, Presented no in no. a legitimate manner. You're right. It may not. I don't know about the, that. I, no,
3: I, I I I question all that.
0: That's very fair, but it is being presented in a way that seems, or is at least supposed to be, a very sensational story. That Rick Pitino, for himself, is interested in the UNLV job. He's admitted in the past that at one point that was appealing to him before he came to yeah. Louisville. That he yeah, was he interested in UNLV. UNLV.
3: He looked at Miami. Uh, you, know, and, uh, you know, but you got to look at what UNLV, as I said earlier, they paid this guy a million bucks. I mean, Louisville is the number one revenue-producing basketball program in the country, and Patino loves money, and he's being paid big money. I don't care how many boosters you can get to prop things up long term, and you look at Patino's contract going forward. Uh, take off the fact of the talent he has and, and what he's got coming back, And the recruits he's got coming in, uh, the money and the arena and the ability. I mean, they very hard, but he would be taking the biggest career risk of his life going there. And, uh, you know, they just fired their coach. So, I mean, obviously there's
0: problems there. I give that story no credibility, especially when it tied into Little Richie. Do you think anything has to do with
1: the, the,
0: (laughs) the fact that Rick is known as the guy who has now had two sex related scandals and Sin City? And there's a sensational aspect to getting Rick Pitino the the almost the Don like a mafia type character uh, in Vegas where he's yeah. he's going to be. I mean, I, that's just a sensational story in my opinion. I think there may be something to that. That that's what it's being born from. I, and in all honesty, let's be honest, Luther and Brian. Um, working in Vegas could be kind of fun and you could get yeah, involved um, in the lifestyle there and, yeah, and yeah. gambling I, is legal. I go legal. back to that hot tub
3: picture. You know the famous hot tub picture where they had the uh, the UNLV players in the hot tub with the gambler, and uh, you know that could be Rick, I guess. Rick could go no, right in there instead of the gamblers. There'd be some strippers in there with him,
1: right? The the <laughs> more we talk about UNLV, the more I think it's bad for Rick to go there. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. It does sound like a for a man who just disaster. kind of find himself in these scandals, whether yeah. it's his fault, whether it's you know, I think kind of like the Katrina Powell situation. We kind of like. Okay, wasn't he might have not known? We don't know what he knows or what he didn't know, but you know we assume he didn't know. And
0: that's in Louisville,
1: (laughs) right? Yeah. So, so imagine, imagine Las Vegas. Vegas. That was just going to be crazy. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. you think
0: Joanne
3: wants to think about Rick in a brothel? Going to Vegas in a brothel? uh, Yeah. I mean, you think that when she read that story, you don't think she might have thrown that paper down in front of Rick and said, uh, "So that's where you've been." Partying with Lamar Odom. You told me you were on a recruiting uh, <laughs> trip. And now I find out you're, you know, in, in
1: Too in, soon, uh,
3: Ryan. Yeah, one of those ranches, what do they call? Uh, you know, where you gotta go through the blood test when you check in blood, and, uh, Bunny Ranch. Yeah, the bunny ranch. You've been out the bunny ranch with Lamar? Whatever happened to Lamar, is he still alive?
1: Yeah, he's alive to say he's trying to get um he's starting to get his senses back, but um that's <laughs> too soon, guys. Too soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a certain recipe for disaster if Rick Patino would accept the job there. I just keep thinking back to the Godfather movies, and Rick, I've always thought of him as uh, part of the reason why people like Sebastian Telfair, who made that famous documentary, and uh, these guys... Uh, the, the wire, Yeah, the modern culture, I think, idolizes mafia-type Italian, yeah. uh, slick suit-wearing... Um, that that just that style, that is who Rick Patino is, and I do think that helps his image. And I think that it would be put on full display if he were in UNLV and in Vegas. I I, I this story is just a little too much. It's a little too far fetched. Louisville is just far enough away from that type of lifestyle for Rick where he can at least try to give off the image of, of not being involved in that all the time. But I, yeah. I think Vegas would be too much. And then also kinda this story is not gonna have legs.
1: Also, kind of um, piggyback off something you said, Brian, Um, Vegas, it just doesn't seem like something, it just doesn't seem like a good idea for Rick Pitino to leave, especially in the middle of this um, scandal, just leave and go to UNLV. Um, You know, we've seen so many coaches run when things get bad. We've seen Calipari run, we've seen Bruce Pearl run, well, he got fired. We've seen Pete Carroll run. So for if Ray Patino leaves, it's basically admitting guilt to everything that happened with yeah. the um, escorts and stuff. I don't and think stuff. his ego
3: could allow that. Not at all. And, I think, no. and he said that if if there's sanctions, if there's repercussions from this, he wants to stay and clean it up. Now it wouldn't be the first time somebody lied and bolted, but I don't see it happening, and especially not the UNLV. I mean, uh, no. you know, it just I just don't see any legs to this story at all.
0: Been a great show so far, very interactive. We appreciate all the participation on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. Be sure to give us a call, get involved in the action this morning. Um, would Rick Petino and his coaching staff and his basketball uh, program, that he, he the operation that he runs at such a high level, would it work in Vegas? <laughs> That's it would a-
3: work. There would be some stuff that would. Some parts of his uh, operation would be highly successful in Vegas. <laughs> but uh, the X's and O's, I don't know. Hey, I got a, I got a legitimate question. Okay. Who's going to be favored? UK at Arkansas this week. What's the, what's the line? We're speaking of Vegas, what's the line going to be? You know, I've been following, and and like I said, it was eleven and a half point yesterday. That's a sixteen and a half point swing. Kentucky lost by five. What's going to happen? And a very mediocre Arkansas team, but it is on the road,
1: and it's What's after a loss, line? though. We have to put yeah. in. We have to put in. You know. We have to talk about it as it's also after a loss. You know, after imagine what Calip- how Calipari is yelling at them right now. Imagine what they're going through in the locker room. You know, seeing it on social media that they got beat by Auburn. Those at the end of the day, those are all Americans in that locker room. And I think they're going to come out to play. And they might take their frustration out on um, Arkansas, kind of like they did. Um, who, I'm not really sure who they played after Ohio State, but I know they had a Alabama. great game after they that. they
3: went to the road, pounded Alabama. Right,
1: they had a great game after that. So, like, after a loss, Kentucky teams always do good. We're not going to see a consecutive loss to these um, under 500 teams. But, I mean, if – It is a
7: road
3: game. If,
1: if if Kentucky loses that, I think it's very hard for us not to look at his team as the next NIT team if they lose um, two games to an under-500 team. Um, Mike, is that safe to say? <laughs> Don't call back. <laughs> like yeah,
0: yeah, Mike, you're right. I think Calipari, you guys are completely right. Cal will have his team ready, um, especially, especially after Calipari listens to our show this morning as he hears the multiple – legitimate UK fans who've been on the line with us who, who say that Bruce Pearl's a better coach than Cal Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450 give us a call get involved in the action is Bruce Pearl a better coach than John Calipari we'll find out we'll see how Cal rebounds against Arkansas we'll be right back with more of the weekend sports buzz Stop
1: Welcome back to um, 1450 WX WXVW. Um, Kelly, myself, and um, Brian have been talking about everything sports. Um, you could join in on the conversation called the OXMORE Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram uh, Buzzline 502-384-1450. Um, we've been talking everything sports. We've had people call in and had a great show. Um, continue to call in, guys, and let's have an um, interactive show.
0: Very interactive show thus far this morning. We had our man Marcus call in, brother Mac. Michael called in, not very happy that we had put Bruce Pearl ahead of John Calipari in the rankings. Uh, Very fair for him about that. What we're going to do now is our man Brian is going to do what he does best, and that's give us a horse racing update. We are in Louisville, Kentucky, the Louisville market, despite the studio being here in southern Indiana. Horse racing is king here. And, Brian, what's going on in the world of horse racing here in January 2016?
3: We had some derby points given away yesterday at the fairgrounds uh, in New Orleans. And I can tie it back into the NFL a little bit. Very sure. interesting. Just as they ran at the, it, it, Churchill Downs uh, in the uh, points race in the fall, Mo Tom and Tom's Ready ran one and two. And these guys, both these horses are owned by the New Orleans Saints owner, Tom Benson, named after Tom campaigned by his wife, Gail, but Mo Tom got 10 points yesterday. He looks to be in the starting gate pretty much, and uh, Tom's ready, two horses owned by the Saints, so things are going to start heating up fairly dramatically uh, going forward. I mean, it's, I know it's cold and it's January, but uh, this is the time Derby dreams are made of, and it uh, sounds like and it's great for the thoroughbred industry to get that kind of money Like the Saints owners, the Bensons involved, and nothing gets anybody involved in horse racing better than when you've got a three-year-old who may get in the starting gate on the first Saturday in May. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I always wonder why more rich people don't get into the game. I mean, if I was a Trump- Or some of these guys with that kind of money, man, there's no bigger thrill than uh, succeeding at a high level in thoroughbred racing and no better than thinking you've got a three-year-old who may get in the starting gate in the first Saturday in May in Louisville, Kentucky.
0: Oh, to be in the life or the shoes of a billionaire who who can have a a legitimate top horse out there who's running at the highest of levels. Name him after yourself. (laughs) Yeah. That's a yeah. bold move there. That's of them are named after him. I what mean, what that. are the names again, Brian? Mo Mo Tom okay. M O Tom and Tom's ready. That's what I would do. Is I would own a bunch of the best racehorses in the world, and I would just name them some variation of after myself. That's if I were El Chapo. What would, what,
1: what would you name them? I would name if you them, were El Chapo.
0: I would name them like Kelly. Uh, no, if
1: you were El Chapo. If I
0: was okay. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> okay all right. If if I was El Chapo, I'd name one El Chapo's. Um, <laughs> Entourage would be the name of one.
3: Well, you gotta name him after the the soap opera that he the soap opera lady he loves. <laughs> does he love Who a soap opera lady? Oh he yeah, does. that's the whole thing. that's how that's how he and sh- her and Sean Penn got to see him. He's in love with this uh, Spanish soap opera lady, and uh, you know, that's how they got in there. So you'd definitely have to name one after her. You'd name a Philly yeah. going into the Oaks after her. Okay. So El
1: Chapo's horse's name would be
0: uh, let's look up what her name is. Real quick. i just like <laughs> to be El Chapo. I would love to see a Derby horse.
1: El Chapo with a horse.
0: El Chapo yeah. 1, El Chapo 2. I would just, if you're a billionaire. Like George Foreman. Just like, like George. Did. Just like like Ge- yeah, exactly. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. If you were a billionaire, what would you name your horses? That's what I want to hear. We got our man Marcellus is actually on the Chrysler, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline with us now. Uh, how are you doing
8: this morning, Marcellus? Pretty good. Pretty good. Long time no talk. Thank you all for having me this morning.
0: We appreciate you calling in, getting in on the action. If you were a billionaire, would you name your horses after yourself?
8: Um, <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I would probably treat my – I've always had this debate about, like, having kids, too. Would I name my kids well, about myself or – After yourself, like yeah. Name. yeah
0: I, exactly. I, I named my daughter. I gave my first name. As my daughter, because my daughter was born first, as her middle name. Um, but but I don't know if I would have had my son first if I would have named him after myself. I, I don't know. Uh, That's a little
3: self serving, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's a well, little self serving. Well, I mean, if you're a billionaire, you can be self. You're not a billionaire. <laughs> you, I mean, you haven't seen my tax returns. You don't know. <laughs> I may I may be Surprised a billionaire if you
3: file. I'd be surprised if you even file.
0: Moving right along, El Chapo is who. <laughs> El Chapo is who we. This yeah, El Chapo is clearly who we all aspire to be. I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> on the ground level. I'm trying to get some traction going here in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market myself for that type of thing. No, but but in all seriousness, Marcellus, you're an NFL fan. I think if I, if I'm remembering correctly. There is a couple somewhat significant games going on today. Fill us in.
8: Absolutely. Um, the first game of the day, you've got the Carolina Panthers, the 15-1 and one Carolina Panthers, uh, going against the Seattle Seahawks. And you've got the two, in my opinion, and I, I think it's not even debatable, the two hottest quarterbacks in the league right now um, with Cam Newton and uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, just a, a heck of a second half of a season for Russell Wilson. I mean, Seattle Seattle Seahawks fans and then just fantasy owners of Russell Wilson, period. Um, throughout the beginning of the season, you were like, what's going on? I mean, he's not he's not playing up to what you thought he would be. Of course, you had the Marshawn Lynch injury early. But, I mean, he's just turned it on with some makeshift receivers. Um, I remember a couple years back, who was it? Um... Doug Baldwin. It was either Doug Baldwin or um, um, Golden Tate that said that there were some good appetizers or something. They were referred to as appetizers. Yeah,
1: by um, what's um what's his name? Some analyst. Um, was Carter. Chris Carter. Chris, Chris Carter. Chris, Chris Carter. Carter said that.
0: Okay. So, so, the, so the 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 return of Marshawn Lynch is a story that may uh, impact today's game. Do you think they're going to feed Marshawn Marshawn just like he's the workhorse that he always was? Will we uh, see beast mode? Will we see beast mode, Marcellus?
8: I don't think that the, I believe we'll see beast mode. I don't think that they should stray away from the way they've been playing just because of how Russell Wilson has been performing this, the second half of the season. I mean, aside from last week, which, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to perform in that type of weather. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think you feed it to Marshawn Lynch as much as you normally would or as much as you did in, in years past. So. I don't know. I don't think you'll see too much of beast mode. I think you'll, he'll be a presence for sure. Um, the Carolina defense will lock down on that with Thomas Davis and Luke Eagley. But um, as far as seeing him just run over players, I don't, I don't see that happening. So do Marcel, you th- so I got a question
3: for you. Excuse me, uh, Luther. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, current line. It's opened at Carolina favored by three. It's went down for Carolina favored by two and a half. What's your thoughts on the line on that game?
8: Um I think it's really a toss up as far as defenses go you've got a um they're both really strong defense I think um that Seattle was number 1 or 2 in scoring defense as far as like just points allowed um and then Carolina's always up there uh they've got a pretty banged up secondary right now I think it'll all come down to honestly In the beginning of the season, I think this was probably Cam Newton's best game. Um, Statistically, you could argue against that, obviously. He had one touchdown to two picks. But as far as just crunch time, showing up, and just delivering for the fans, this was probably his best game. So I think it's going to go down to the wire. Um, I... (sighs) I think that 2 point spread is is pretty good. I wouldn't it's not gonna be a high scoring game and it's not gonna be a big deficit if whoever
3: wins. The over and under is at 42. The 42 for the under. So you're kind of saying that maybe the smart bet might be the under. Under forty-two points combined by both teams. Oh
8: um. That's what the Vegas
3: has got it at right now, 42. Be, a lot of crazy stuff could happen. I was thinking about the under uh, when the game I was watching, the late game last night. But, man, think, you, points came in a hurry in that one.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's all – I think it's dependent on the defense more. So I don't think there will be a – TWX
1: VW, Ryan, me, and now we have Marcellus on the line. Talking about everything sports, you could join in the com- on the conversation on Oxmo Chrysler. Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline, 502-384-1450. Call us. So Marcellus, you were talking about um you were talking about the game that we have in today between Seattle Seahawks and the Panthers?
8: Uh yeah, just speaking on the the fact that you got, like I said, two of the hottest quarterbacks, um, probably the two hottest quarterbacks right now in the league going up against each other. I think it's arguably one of the their previous game was one of the best games of the year. So it's gonna be a, a show to watch, and I think it's gonna be a defensive standoff for sure. Do you think um I, um, I
1: don't, I don't Sorry. Do you think um, do you think we underrated the um, we're not talking as much about the secondaries the two great secondaries that um are going up against um that these offenses are going up against.
8: Um, I think that we spoke on or I mentioned that you've got Charles Tillman that went down. Uh, Carolina's really really banged up. Yeah. Um, Coleman, they're I think they're leading <coughs> person with interceptions right now. He went down with injury in the season. Um, I think, obviously, you can never count out Seattle's defense, their secondary in particular. Uh, You've started to see within the last season, and I say a half, uh, Richard Sherman, it was a big, big knock against him that he would never follow the number one receiver. And he's begun to do that this year. So I believe he's starting to not necessarily prove himself, but um, just, I guess, strengthen his case that he is one of the, if not the, best uh, cornerback in the league. Uh, Marcellus, how important is this game, Marcellus, for the Cam Newton legacy?
3: You know, he, he's probably going to be the MVP of the league, but, boy, you really got to think if he can win
8: this game, his legend really starting to grow. Uh, I, I think it's huge, definitely, because I think if he wins this game, I believe that this game would be tougher than the uh, Arizona Cardinals. By the way that Green Bay played them yesterday – Uh, I believe that this game would be a lot tougher for uh, Cam Newton. And I feel like it's more mental toughness than overall strength of the team. Um, This is a team that he has a losing record to, but he's beaten earlier this season Um, in Seattle. So I think this is huge. Uh, He goes in, he wins this. He has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. He'll be in the NFC Championship there. Um, And then he has a chance to win on all levels. So no question about it.
0: Huge day for Cam Newton. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We got someone on the buzz line with us now who happens to be somewhat of a Cam Newton fan. Ashley, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Are you looking forward to Cam Newton and his game today? And, oh. and how big of a star will he be if he can pull off this victory?
7: Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it and I think I think it's huge kind of like what Marcella says in in terms of building a, a legacy for him and the Carolina Panthers because I think if you all remember a few months ago everyone was pretty much, you know, counting counted out as a fluke that they hadn't lost any games yet and no one really believed um in how good this team was. So I think it's really it'll be a really um big step in the right direction for um Building a legacy for both Cam Newton and for the Carolina Panthers as a as a franchise. So
0: Ashley, definitely looking forward to that, Ashley. While we have you on the line, anything else you want to get off your chest? Do you, do you feel uh, um, do you feel good about losing yeah, I mean, yesterday? Is what I'm asking. You, I. What's funny,
7: Derek and I were before the game came on. He's like, we're gonna blow them out, and I said, Well, where are you all playing? He said Auburn. I said, Eh, you might lose. <laughs> 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 and, so, uh, I think this kind of solidifies my theory about UK and how they will continue to lose to decent teams on the road because um, they get a lot of help at home. So, my my real question, which I tweeted out last night, is how many games will they have to lose to unranked opponents before they drop out of the top 25?
1: I don't know. So, that's a good question. That's, that's, that's more a of what,
7: question. yeah, I don't know.
1: I, yeah, think know, I, mean, Kentucky, I think as long Hi, as Ashley, they can take I think as long as they can take
3: it. Ashley. Brian. Hey, you doing? hey, Ashley. It's Brian. Hey, wh- any comments hey. on uh, Latino rumors and <coughs> UNLV, or you can even give the any justification by responding to those rumors?
7: No, I think that's crazy. Um, I, I mean... I saw, actually I saw it in the paper this morning, it was like one of the top five stories emails, but I can't imagine that Rick Pitino at this point in his career would leave anywhere to go start over at UNLB, like I'm not sure the last time they were good, and um, I understand they're saying that there's enough people, connections out there to get him more money, but they're right now paying their head coach $700,000 a year, and that's ridiculous, I mean that's they can't afford him anyway. So I think that's silly, and I don't know where it comes from. I saw, I read in there somewhere that, that um, his name was in the, um, kind of in the circle back in 2001 before he pulled his name out to come to Louisville. So I don't know if they're just grasping um, or what, but I can't imagine that Fertino would stay through all of the stuff and try to work through the scandal and all the stuff that's gone on here in the last year and then leave to go to LV. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. So I think it's. Faceless and just kind of a grasp for attention.
1: Okay, so actually, we, um, we were talking about NFL as well, which is um, we have these games today. Um, what, what, what were kind of your feelings um, on the, the was it the Steelers game today? The Steelers Broncos
0: game. We got the Steelers in the afternoon. Steelers and Broncos. So Big Ben against Peyton Manning at four forty. Broncos are favored by seven and a half points because of their defense, not because of Peyton Manning's arm. Ashley, what do you feel about that game? What's your system? Oh,
7: I don't know about that. Well, I haven't looked at the system. I can tweet it out to you guys later because we're okay. on the way to the basketball game. Gotcha. But um, my gut is that the Steelers win, and I don't. I don't think. I think because Pey- and maybe it's because I'm like used to Peyton Manning letting us down at this point in the season every year. <laughs> um no That favor, I can't. Yeah, no shade, but I think um, Ben Roethlisberger has a lot of heart. I think the team kind of is rallying around him. Um, so yeah, I don't. I definitely. If for some reason the Broncos were able to pull it out, seven point spread is a lot. I think for mm-hmm. that game.
0: Actually, while we have you on the line, let's go ahead and give a little shout out to you and Derek. Are headed? Derek's the head coach of what is it? The North Oldham Middle School? Yeah, the North Oldham sixth grade team. Sixth grade team. You guys have a so game now, this morning?
7: Yeah, yeah, we're playing in the North Bullet Icebreaker or something like that. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's at North Bullet. But um, yesterday we played the, the round-robin, and we won both of our games, so we got a number one seed in first round by, so we're playing this morning against Conway, and then if we win, then we play in the championship at 3 o'clock.
0: Well, good luck to you guys in your game today. Will which you're... will
7: be good, because we play um, South Oldham next week, which is our big big rival, like North versus South. and. Hopefully, if we can pull that off, we'll play in the conference championship at the end of the week. And uh, state, going to state.
0: Gotcha. Well, sixth grade basketball, that's got to be a lot of fun. Good luck to you and Derek today for your game this morning. And, Ashley, we look forward to getting you back in studio. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley.
7: Yeah, no problem. You'll have a good game or a good day.
0: Right. Go Card. Thanks a lot, Ashley. <laughs> All right, we got Brian and Marcellus and Luther and I here on 1450 WXVW talking all things in the world of sports. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Please call. Get in on the action this morning. Luther, you got something for us.
1: Okay, so what we're not talking about is there's no D'Angelo Williams, there's no Antonio Brown. Oh, those are huge And Big Ben is injured. You know, it's banged up. How can we say that um, – Broncos are going to lose to the Steelers. Is that, are we not calling it? Like, do we really believe in Montavious Bryant to be? I um, do. To, I think
0: Montavious Bryant think is he, a very think, talented receiver. I think
1: he's talented, but you think just him no. without any help? You Keith know?
0: Miller, is that really that exciting? Uh. Who's, the, who's the running back?
1: I don't know. I
3: don't I don't know, but they were impressive last week against the Bengals. They I'm were. telling you, I'm not a Steelers fan. Matter of fact, I don't like them at all, but I would <laughs> not. I would take the points. Uh, they got a great coach. They they've got the me versus the world mentality. They're going to go in there. I think Denver's set up for a loss there, and I would definitely take the seven and a half points. Uh, th- th- this is pretty much the same roster that they came into Cincinnati with last week and beat the Bengals. Now the Bengals self-destructed, but they 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 ran the ball against the Bengals, and uh, they'll be ready to play. So I would not cut out. I would not discount. Uh, the Steelers and while I'm talking about it I would definitely take the points I look for Carolina to win big today and Cam Newton to have a breakout game I
1: agree with you I agree with you um, okay so when we're talking about the Broncos you think if Osweiler um played, or Payton play or Payton Payton's supposed to be playing projected to be play you think who who you who you think would be better um for that system for for the Broncos
0: Marcellus who do you think would be the better option Peyton Manning or Brock Osweiler. As ludicrous as that question sounds, who's the best option?
8: You know, oh, honestly,
0: Marcellus, are you there? Brian, are you there? Yes, I am. I okay. am. Uh, I. I. You got to go with
3: Peyton Manning. I watched the game uh, where they had to bench him, and Peyton came in and saved the day. They lose that game without Peyton coming in to save him. So I think this guy's been a uh, a very serviceable backup, but he's not a Hall of Famer. And not at Peyton all. Peyton is certainly not at his best, but my goodness, no comparison there. Peyton came in and they do not win that game if Peyton doesn't come out in the second half and rescue him.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I think. Um, I think if Peyton is even seventy percent healthy, he's better than Brock Osweiler. Um I think Brock Osweiler has has things you know ahead of him. Hopefully, we can see more from him when Peyton retires. But for now, you know, Peyton is. Uh, future Hall of Famer, probably one of the best regular season quarter um, quarterbacks ever. So for us to for us to bench him for Godswalla in the playoff game, something that he's, that'd be a slap. in the in, face. in a, inexperience, in, it just doesn't really make any sense at this all. This
0: is the number one ranked defense in the NFL. The Denver Broncos are okay. And My
1: fantasy in, defense,
0: <laughs> Luther. <please. laughs> you you're in a fantasy league this past year, weren't you? I was. Who won that league?
1: Hey, man, we don't want to talk about who it. Who won that um, league? I know I was number I one until the playoff system, and then all my plays were hurt.
0: It happens to be yours truly for those of our listeners who do yes, follow Kelly those, beat me. those type of things. Kelly Patrick was victorious over one, uh, who, Elijah in the, in the finals?
1: Elijah in the finals, but... If,
0: Elijah, if you're out there, call in, man. We, <laughs> we need to hear from you.
1: So, yeah, um, you know what's crazy about fantasy? People take fantasy far more serious than, people, um, than we realize. Um, so my roommate, Elijah, who actually, um, who you beat, when he beat me in the playoffs, he was sending me direct messages in my Instagram of the score. He Facebooked it to me. He called me, he texted it to me every morning that week. And it actually hurt, like actually hurt. <laughs> play, be, losing this, in the fantasy. I
0: haven't reached out to Elijah to rub it in at all. I like to be – I'm a very humble person.
1: Can, can you do that for me, please? Even though you beat me as well, but
0: – I did. No, I, I won the title. I was a Super Bowl champion, and it felt good. Brian, Marcellus, are you guys on the line with us? Yes, yes, I'm here. ready At your service. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it would be a, a absolutely ludicrous decision to start Brock Osweiler – over Peyton Manning, even though Peyton Manning yes, cannot yes. throw the ball 20 yards straight.
3: Yes, yes. And, and his forehead looks like people have been using it as uh, a <laughs> driving. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, but he, and he needs to retire after this year. I love Peyton, but, I mean, my goodness. I, I mean, Peyton, the head yeah. does not supposed to take on those kind of – I mean, he's starting to look more like the elephant man. But uh, he definitely plays today. He definitely has to start. You don't go down – with a guy's name you can't pronounce. You go down with a Hall of Famer, Peyton Manning. (laughs) That's all I got to say on it. I mean, I I can't say it any different ways. Peyton Manning, baby. Peyton.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know, it's very interesting. The coaching staff they have there uh, in Denver, they don't run a system that is conducive to Peyton Manning and his style. And Peyton Manning's at the end of the road. You take uh, him, you you put him in the situation, you say, Peyton, can you do your best Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer impersonation, hand the ball off, play conservative ball. Hopefully the defense has to respect you because of the name on the back of your jersey. Um, and the defense can lead you to a victory today. So we'll see very exciting day of NFL football coming up. Um, I, I'm personally certainly pulling for, uh, the, 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 uh, Broncos to win. Also would like to see the, in the NFC, I'd like to see the Panthers win. You know, I think Cam Newton, um, he's as good he's, I would compare him to Shaquille O'Neal In that he's physically just on a different planet Yes He is bigger than anybody else uh, He sees a linebacker coming at him And he thinks, should I throw it? Or should I just run this linebacker over? And we, he
1: has fun
0: He has fun, you're right He dances, he gets a lot of criticism for it But he doesn't seem to be a bad guy Hell, he won a national championship He won the Heisman um, Did he win the MVP? Have they named MVP yet?
1: I don't think so. No. I don't think they've named him. I'd say
0: yet. he's the frontrunner for the MVP. Definitely. Um, so we'll see how that game goes today. Even It if might it
1: be closer than we think with what Carson Palmer did yesterday.
0: You think Carson Palmer's the, the number two guy? No, no,
1: no. I think, yeah, the number two guy, definitely. Okay. But, but I don't think – I think Cam's to lose.
0: I agree. I, I think Cam Newton, if he wins this uh, game today, um, I don't – you know, it, it'll be something else. It'll be a showdown between arguably the two MVP candidates.
1: Hey, so, um, what about him, um, what about Cam Newton? I actually want to ask Marcellus this if he's on there. What about Cam Newton naming his son Chosen and saying that he didn't want to name him Cam Newton Jr. because that would be, um, that would be too much pressure on the little kid.
8: (laughs) So he named him Chosen (laughs) instead. He named him
1: Chosen. What um, what do you think about that,
8: Marcellus? (laughs) I think it's, can you all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. I think it's very Cam Newton-esque. I mean, (laughs) I can't, I, I can't fault him for that, um. I wouldn't want to be Michael Jordan's son, or I wouldn't want to be LeBron James Jr. or Bronny, or whatever yeah. he calls him. I mean, these kids got a lot to live up to, and in all honesty, it's—I'm sure it's tough for them. Um, I would just—I would probably go in a different sport. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to play basketball if I was Bronny or MJ Jr. I think he tried to and saw how that worked out, but I. I don't know. I mean, chosen. It's everybody on his team. All of his teammates said it's very Cam Nunes-esque. I mean, yeah. you know, this isn't out of the norm for him, so I can respect it. I'm sure he's excited to have a son. I was actually watching a documentary. He was, um, he was talking about how how bad he wanted one, and um, I think it was when he was at the Auburn or when he was at Auburn and going up through the ranks in college. So. Oh wow!
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I just thought it was a little funny that he said chosen was less. <laughs> Less of a burden on his son, um, to live up to than Cam Newton. It just kind of I mean, puts you in the mindset of Cam Newton and what he thinks of himself.
8: I think it's more so it was his number. It's the number on the back of his jersey right, right. now. So if it was chosen twenty four, I don't think it would make a, <laughs> make a difference or anything. But since his number is one, now it says chosen one. Okay, his name must be. I don't even know what his middle name is, but
0: is his his first name is chosen and then the number one. No,
8: no, no. Cam Newton had t t-shirt on. Uh, it was his number, but he had his son's name on the back, so it looked like it was saying Chosen One. But his, his son's name is what? I believe it's just Chosen. I'm not too oh, sure. Oh, okay.
0: But chosen is simply the, the, the first name of his son. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we've seen a lot of guys do different things. Ken Norton was a boxer. His son ended up playing in the NFL. Grant Hill's dad played in the NFL for a long time. He decided to be a basketball player. I, I'm along the lines with you guys. I think if my dad was Michael Jordan or was this or that, as far as athleticism goes, I would try a different sport and try to uh, carve my own path, uh, capitalize on the athleticism and, uh, you know, but but I think it's a good move to try the other other way. Remember Michael Jordan's sons? I think both of them were on the. Was it was it Central Florida's? One restaurant? of them
1: went to um, Central Florida, and the other one went to Illinois, right? Okay,
0: that's right. And they weren't bad players.
1: The one at Illinois was terrible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you know they they were at least um, they at least could play Division One basketball, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think like I don't know. We haven't seen any great 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 players' sons. Be an, be amazing in any in sports, really, right? I mean, can we name some?
0: Yeah, great well, question, okay. Brian. Oh, you got yeah,
1: Brian, can we name some?
0: I, I will. I'll, I'll come. come Floyd something. Mayweather's dad wasn't a bad boxer, and he's a pretty good boxer. But he
1: wasn't like a legend. His dad know? wasn't. No, we talking about MJ. Okay, we talking right. about we that's talking great, about NFL MVPs. You know, a future Hall of Famers. The
0: Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline five zero two three eight four 1450. Who is a great Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr.?
1: Ken, yep, that's that's, that's definitely one.
0: You like how I just completely interrupted my question? <laughs> Alright, Barry Bond's dad was good. Alright, baseball it happens that. on occasion. So, give us a call, 502-384-1450. What are some examples of second or third generation players? The Boons did it in baseball. It Steph seems to Dale Curry. You... Yeah, Dale but, Curry. but Del Curry's... A one. That's a good one.
1: It's a good one, but like Del Curry's not... Oh, you know, I don't
0: know. He's
3: the—I think he's the all-time scorer in his NBA franchise. I mean, yeah, uh, no, no,
1: he's a—he's a, he's a great player. But I'm talking about like those iconic players, like more, those iconic athletes, like Muhammad Ali, yeah, Michael yeah, Jordan. I, I, I you know, that—that that level, we've never really seen people at that level. Children manufacture, especially in basketball, um, football. We've never really seen that.
0: No, we haven't. Uh, Marcellus, you have a question for us.
8: I'm just curious on how you all feel about all of the different uh, head coach or the coaching jobs that were filled this year or week. Um, Chip Kelly going to the 49ers. uh, Golly. The random Eagles signing. Who is it? The Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator.
1: Andy Reid's friend.
8: I think that was the most ridiculous signing. It made no sense. This season, this offseason. And it, the Bengals
0: lost their offensive coordinator, went to the Browns. And that he said big. that he's not keeping Johnny Manziel around.
1: Would you keep Johnny Manziel around?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I
1: well, maybe it's a party way. They, That's they it. opened
3: the bank for Chip Miller, Marcellus. They That was a, quite a contract, the 49ers
0: up for him. For Chip Kelly. Yeah, they really did. It, and, and the Eagles bringing in the assist. Where was he from, Marcellus? Kansas
8: City. He was Kansas City's assistant.
0: Um, it, it makes me feel like they felt very silly, A, that they got rid of Andy Reid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How much egg is on the face of the ownership and the administration for the Eagles that they let Andy Reid go? And look at the success he immediately had in Kansas City.
1: But what about even the 49ers? They let Jim Harbaugh go.
0: Golly. Yeah. God.
1: <laughs> that was bad. They let Jim Harbaugh go for Tom Sula and now Chip Kelly? Like. So for the same reasons why they let um, Jim Harbaugh go, you know, he doesn't work well with personnel, he wanted too much control. This is the same reason you bring in Chip Kelly for a team that has all these people retiring. They have problems with communication between players and coaches. That just doesn't seem like a great thing. The Eagles one, we don't know how good this guy is going to be. So we can't really criticize it all the way. Yeah, even though it's a bad decision. Um, it's a bad yeah. decision.
3: Do, do, doesn't some of the ex-Eagle uh, players didn't they actually accuse Chip Kelly of being a racist? Yeah. Yeah,
1: but like you can't. That one is. It's hard to call people racist because just because well, somebody. know, I mean
3: it's not that hard. I mean, yeah, but
1: um, for it to have like standing, it's like for okay, just because somebody doesn't necessarily connect with you doesn't make them a racist. Just because. I no, think I, I think it was too many gray area with the racism when it came to the Chip Kelly thing.
3: There were quite a few people calling it when when there's, you know, a number of them that have played with you, you got to believe there's some kind of pro- at least some kind of problem there. We'll see how yeah. he
0: likes Colin Kaepernick. His offense is predicated on what, Marcellus, on a high-flying, high-scoring, fast-tempo passing attack and and we'll see I think it's already been determined that Colin Kaepernick's basically gone from the 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 49ers, right? Really? No, no, no. No. Uh,
8: Chip Kelly stated that if he would have gotten a job anywhere else, he would have went after Colin Kaepernick. Yes. So I. Think so now he's out is...
0: to prove that he's not racist.
8: No, I think this <laughs> is going to be. I think this is going to be proof, or it's going to be Chip Kelly's shining moment if he can get Colin Kaepernick back on track. Um, I don't think Kaepernick is a horrible quarterback. Um, I think he'll definitely fit. Uh, Chip Kelly style, and I thought it was funny. One of the leading receivers for the 49ers, Torrey Smith, once he saw the signing, he tweeted out, uh, "Welp, I guess I should start running now. i got to get back in shape. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how their offenses ran, especially with Chip Kelly's type of quarterback actually being there. Sam Bradford wasn't the fit. Everybody knows that he was attempting to go for um, uh, Marcus Mariota. He was going to trade Sam Bradford, but Sam Bradford wasn't down for it. But I think this will be Chip Kelly's make-or-break moment.
1: So you think this Marcellus, is his last you stop? Marcellus,
8: think of the big news? I'm
3: sorry. Go ahead, bro. St. Louis, li- Louis leaving. That was big news this week. Wow. I mean, what a blow to the city of St. Louis to lose your franchise to L.A. And, uh, I mean, did they ever get another team back in St.
8: Louis, Marcellus? I think they're first in line for another team, in all honesty. No way. Um, I, I don't – I think it's big news when they lose them. Um, I mean, if you look back at, like, teams like the Atlanta Falcons, what did, I think it was a couple years ago they got in trouble, if not last year, for playing fake um, – what is it? Fake crowds in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is a historically – like, a historically city that doesn't support their teams fairly well. You're the right. Hawks, the Hawks the get Falcons. horrible attendance. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's big news when it happens um, – and I think I th- was watching Mike and Mike one morning, and they said that it's all about money. That's that's what it is. You all mentioned it earlier. That's all it is about. Uh, there is no loyalty in this game or in this business. Um, it's it's sad for the St. Louis fans. They still got the Cardinals, though. So I think I think and they still should, got a hockey team yeah, too. But, uh, but <laughs> I'm waiting for Kentucky to get their first professional team. And See, ya. Then, yeah. You're
1: gonna. You got a long way to head. <laughs> See, my and Brian, y'all make some good points about. Um, but I think the way um, Sam Stan Corky, um the owner of um, the owner of St. Louis, I think the way he left, the way the things he said about the team, um, the city financially, and the ability to support a team, I think that kind of might have dissuaded a lot of people, um, a lot of other teams from wanting to go move on to to St. Louis. Like St. Louis just doesn't seem like an appealing place right now. After the way the way he portrayed them, after the way he painted well, it's, them,
3: it's a good point, Luther. They're, they don't have any growth of all the NFL t- cities. It's it's not growing. It's got you know they had the, all the, the the race problems there in Ferguson. They've I got say, they've got Williams, the University of Missouri right. issues there. Uh, you know, yeah, I would personally stay away from there. One problem I've got with this whole LA thing is you know LA lost their team. You know, they had a couple teams at 21 years ago. Why would why are they in such a big hurry to give them two teams right away? Wouldn't you want to wait to see how one team goes over before two? You teams know what? Show up. That
1: doesn't make any sense at all. I don't. I don't really get it as a Chargers fan personally. Um, at first, I was excited. You know, we get a new. Um, we get a new stadium or whatever. But now I'm just like, maybe the Chargers should just stay in San Diego because we could get the support of the San Diego fans. Um, who are the San Diego fans who are already fans instead of going to LA and competing with the Rams or the Oakland Raiders for fans, which just, it just doesn't really add. It just doesn't make sense to me. What do you, um, what do you think about it? Marcellus?
8: Um, uh, I think that the Raiders should definitely be, um, I don't think they should be considered to lose or moving at all. As far as like the black hole Bay area, I think that's just an up and coming city right now. You had the Warriors just come off of a, a NBA championship there. Yeah. Um and they're about it looks like they're gonna set history again or at least they're on pace to. So I think that, that they would be foolish to leave Oakland right now to go to LA. I think LA is a great obviously it's a great market. It is what it is. It's its name speaks for itself, but I'm not too sure about San Diego. I don't know why I don't I don't like the Giants and Jets situation there where they have to share yeah. uh, a comp or a facility and I don't. I don't feel like LA needs any more teams no. than what they have. In all honesty.
1: And um, okay, so Brian, um, there, there have been rumors that the Oakland Raiders were actually thinking about moving to San Antonio. You think that? Uh, you think that would happen? There's also been rumors uh, that Jerry Jones will not be for it because he doesn't want a third team in um, Texas. Um, what would you think? Yeah, what do you think is going to happen question. with
3: that? I don't think San Antonio would ultimately get it. I do think Texas could handle three towns, uh, three teams. Uh, who cares what Jerry Jones wants? uh I, I, San Antonio is a great sports town, and Texas is a growing state. San Antonio, I was there last summer, is growing. I mean, it's. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think, I think they could support a team. I'll tell you what, my Cincinnati Bengals better clean their act up. I read where leaders, uh, city leaders, were so ashamed of what happened. You know, I think a team like Cincinnati or, or uh, Marcelo's mentioned, you know, Atlanta, I think there's other teams. Pack up and leave, you know. Uh, and there's no, I mean, they've got a stadium. The Bengals aren't going anywhere. But right. I tell you what, Marvin Lewis needs to go. It's a you joke think so? Yeah. Oh, do I think so? He, he has no control of that team. They become a joke nationally. Or the way they lo- lost that game with yeah. no self discipline. And and after the, if you watch his press conference afterwards. He has no remorse for that. I mean, that's all. Do you think that's going to happen on another? Do uh, you think uh, A- Andy Reid's going to put up with that or some of these great coaches or, or, or Tomlin at Pittsburgh? No, they're not going to. But you can get away with it in and, and, and Cincinnati because Marvin's not going to do anything. And Marvin Marvin's knows he has no accountability. He, he You know, he's, his job couldn't be safe.
1: I, I think what really hurt his credibility as um, the head coach and the man in charge was when after the after, aftermath of all this happening, you know, we have Pac-Man Jones on there talking on Twitter, on social media, talking about, hey, um, Antonio Brown is lying about how he faked it. You know, he flopped. And then it comes out Antonio Brown's ruled out, you know, and it looks very bad. You know, it's like yeah. people were not remorseful, um, remorseful for any of they didn't take any type of. They didn't take any type of responsibility for any of the things that happened on that field at that point because they're not putting in context. You lost your team a playoff win. You know, you've never been to the playoffs and you lost your team a playoff win. Imagine how the fans feel. Imagine how these people feel while you going back on Twitter and talking you know, talking all this mess and instead of apologizing, instead of looking looking apologetic, you out here making it seem like you did something so right. Whether whether Joey Porter was supposed to be on the field or not. It's your place to control yourself, especially if you're Pac Man Jones and you've been through all this yeah. with everybody. And then just. Oh,
3: yeah. The- Pac Man should have been kicked off the team years ago. He slapped some, he had it on videotape. He beat up some white chick and it did nothing to him. I mean, it, it didn't matter. He's a white chick. Any chick, you, you're just not supposed to smack. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why he's even on the roster. Perfect, he's got a target on him. He shouldn't be around. Hey, I, I, I just had a nice uh, caller text us in. A good question. Kentucky has seven road games left to play. Arkansas, Kansas, Tennessee, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, and Florida. How many of those can Kentucky win? Seven road games left. Boy, I don't know. That doesn't uh, – I don't know.
0: How um, many can they win? I think they can win all of them. I think that as the season goes, my opinion is that we'll see Scala BCA. Um, the, the expectations have been lowered so much for him that I think that anything you get from him from this point forward will be uh, almost bonus material. And I think as they start to rely on other guys in the middle, Cal will do what he does. And as much as we've hated on him this morning, he's actually a pretty good coach. I think that Scal will come along, and at least on the defensive side (coughs) of the ball and the rebounding and the athleticism, Scal has it. And and I think that he'll start to contribute. And I think your that he will. I think he's almost like Willie Cauley Stein. There. What's that? Wow! I think
3: you're, you're 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 picking on a guy. Scow, if Scow's your hope for them getting the road wins. I do and think now just comparing him to Cauley Stein. I do think man, he's I'm almost similar
0: me. to Cauley Stein. He runs the floor really well. I think that expectations were obviously Kwame Brown esque, almost too high, and, and that that you have that much um, expectations on you that. That's not the player he is. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not, um, you know, Carl um, Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis. He's, what he is, though, is he's a top-level athlete who, once he gets his head on straight and a little bit more experience under his belt, I think he's going to come along and he's going to at least have some value. He's not going to be a go-to guy offensively. But I think that his any contribution you get from him this point forward will be bonus material. Hell, he only played eight minutes yesterday, Brian
3: yeah and there's a reason he only played eight minutes. He's not very effective when he's in there. He's gonna so contribute
0: I, at some point this season okay, okay I hope you're right. I, I don't see it okay you know
1: um you know what I was thinking about. I really wish ryan um i really um Kelly, I really wish Mike was on the line so we could ask him about um Czech Diablo. We haven't okay. really heard a lot about him either talking about big guys that came from this um this high school class that are not really we haven't really heard or I haven't necessarily lived up to um, Where's expectation. He at? He's at Kansas. Okay. Yeah, No. Um, I remember his first game was a big deal after the suspension, and we really haven't heard much from him. I don't know if he's still suspended. I'm not sure what's going on with him, but yeah, I haven't seen stone him play kid, there. The
3: stone kid in Maryland looks good.
0: Diamond Stone. Man. Wow, he looks good. Maryland looks good. Maryland's, Maryland's very good. good. They got Rashid Suleiman the transfer <coughs> from Duke. Um, uh, very... Um, I would say, if anything, this year in college basketball is a testament to the the livelihood and the longevity that college basketball has going forward. I think that upperclassmen are contributing more than we've seen in recent years, and uh, with the exception of just a few guys, that most of the best teams are led by upperclassmen.
1: Yeah, I think um I think we all kind of saw it coming. I think that's kind of what um those coaches that were starting to pick up the Calipari mantra and just going after the one and dones, we all kind of saw like hey, you know, you need players to stay and grow and develop into better players because that's how you're going to win championship. When it comes to championship time, you can't take a bunch of freshmen there all the time and get it. You know, sometimes you need some type of veteran leadership and I think that's what Kentucky's lacking right now.
3: Well, they've got they've got Tyler Eulis. I mean, he's a uh, sophomore.
1: Yeah, see, now we no. call veteran leadership a sophomore.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But he certainly looks – I mean, boy, I, I can't think – I'll be honest with you, I can't think of a better point guard going right now. No. I would, I would take him over anybody. Definitely. I know Truth would disagree with Yogi, but, uh, man, oh, man, you can't blame Tyler Eulis for any of the problems Kentucky's having. And he's showing a lot of poise. And But, boy, his turnover to assist ratio. And, man, he's a dead-eye shooter. He, he's playing very well. The, the other two guys are freshmen, uh, as Brother Mac pointed out, Isaiah Briscoe's free throw shooting, that's hard to explain. And how you can start a guy at the two guard that shoots 34% from the foul line. I, how, I, don't, I don't ever recall seeing that before. How
1: can you be a shooting guard that shoots 34% from the line? Yeah, it makes I mean, no sense.
3: And he shot 75% in high school. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Lee does not look like he, he's ever going to turn his deal. He might want to try the Nanu underhanded deal. Hey, do you see where Nanu was four for five last game underhanded?
0: I did. I saw that.
1: The underhanded really works. Um, where, where did it started from? Where? The guy at Florida State tried well,
0: it? It started from Rick Barry. Well, probably even before Rick Barry. But you say. Well, everybody used to do it back in
3: the day. <coughs> that, that's how they all shot it back in the fifties in the NBA, they were all shooting underhanded. Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, memory serves me correct. Watching back then that, that was not, I shouldn't say they were all, but it was way more common. And then, uh, it, cause it's easier to do. I remember when I was a kid learning and my brother, that's how he shot till he was about, I don't know, 23 now. Uh, he, uh, did he, he shot shoot like that, that way? Yes, he did because it was easier to do it and easier to control it. So, uh, I think you'll see more Wilt Chamberlain experimented with it and he was just a horrible foul shooter. He didn't get good with it, but the famous example is Rick Barry who shot 90% from the foul line doing it. Okay. Uh, career.
0: And yeah. and he has a, one of his many sons. Man, that guy's got more sons than <laughs> than Sean Kemp.
1: Oh, uh, talking about sons. <laughs>
0: But oh, but thought, yeah. what what do you have there,
8: Luther?
1: Antonio Cromartie. So he has eleven kids already. Okay. And had a vas- vas- vasectomy. Okay. And somehow he has twins on the way. His wife is pregnant with twins. Oh
0: my gosh! So he's got thirteen. 13- He'll have 13 here shortly. Isn't like, he the one who famously in an interview, I think he couldn't name one of them? He
1: couldn't name all his kids.
0: They said, do you even know all the names to your, all your kids? No, and he, he just
1: started making up names. <laughs>
0: he, he didn't actually know all the names to all of his kids. That's amazing.
1: Imagine having 11 kids and having two more on the way. Like, how do you remember their names? How, I
0: just how? imagine having 11 or nine baby mamas. Yeah, That's the, that's the fearful yeah. thing. That's the thing that sounds yeah. scary to me.
3: Yeah, Ashley's old, uh, you know, her, her segment would have covered a lot of this stuff.
0: You're right. We'll get Ashley back in. Ashley Miller uh, on assignment. Ashley, with. we need you back. We need you back. She's out. She's playing uh, coaching as an assistant coach to her man, Derek, uh, for North Oldham sixth grade team today. They've got a tournament. So we'll have Ashley back with Ashley's Loco Cinco soon. Been a very interactive show this morning. Marcellus, I know you're sitting on something for us. What do you have for us?
8: um nothing i think that everybody should just tune in i think we uh we've been harping on a lot today we've gone back and forth uh just to tune into the games today i think it's going to be uh, a really really good matchup in both games um and that's pretty much it really i think it's been a great show.
0: Yeah, it really has been a great show. I appreciate you you, you everybody's involvement and all the callers, man. It uh, couldn't be more much more of an interactive show. There's been three or four people I, I actually haven't even gotten to that called in. One guy just had a question uh, about Luther and and you know, there's just people calling in not even wanting to get on the air. So the health of the Weekend Sports Buzz is doing great right now and the interaction is just amazing. The Carolina Panthers are favored by 2 points. The game's going down in North Carolina. The Seahawks are going for what would this be? Their third consecutive Super Bowl appearance? God, I don't want to see that happen. I can't stand the Seahawks. Really,
8: <laughs> that makes two of us. That makes
1: two of us. I like them.
3: I don't. I, I don't like Pete Carroll. I don't want to. I do like the quarterback. I think he's a good player. Yeah, uh, and a gutsy player. But man, I don't want to see them advance and uh certainly like the energy that carolina and cam have brought to the league but i'm going to tell you and i and i'm not I, I do not like the steelers but i do not count them out today seven and a half points is too many points they've got they're beat up but uh when i saw big ben like willis reed come out of the tunnel for that last drive being a Bengals fan i knew it was history
1: um what would the storyline to- be like though if um what would the storyline be like if the Patriots and um, Seahawks make it back to the Super Bowl, oh, and it's P- be um, another Pete, Carroll, <laughs> Pete Carroll gets to redeem himself.
3: Boo! I don't. Boo! Want to
1: <laughs> <say that. laughs> My see so 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 what were like you Franklin. saying?
8: I think it was that'll be like another Giants Patriots Super Bowl. Like no, they don't want to see the same thing over and over yeah. again. That's why we're tired of seeing the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And yeah. I don't think, in all honesty, they are a great team, but they. That game was handed to them. They didn't win that game, in my opinion. Blair Walsh, I mean, it was a fluke of a kick. He had a heck of a game before that kick. I mean, he's the only reason that they were in the game, in all honesty, um, kicking the ball from 40, 50 yards, and then he just shanks one. Uh, it's tough, but.
3: You're I, right. I, they should not have advanced. That was a winning game that Teddy and the boys ran, played at home. Horrible way to see them lose that. You're right. Forgot about that. They shouldn't even be in this game.
1: So they don't, they don't even deserve it.
3: <laughs>
0: no, at the end of the day, go, guys, they, they are in this game, and it's their, uh, they're on the cusp of being in their third consecutive Super Bowl possibly. So, I mean, uh, as much hate and shade as we want to throw at this Seahawks <laughs> team, right? I mean, they're legitimate. They've got a hell of a defense, Earl Bennett. Um, I'm sorry, not Earl Bennett. Uh, what's the safety's name? Earl Thomas. They've got um,
1: Cam Chancellor.
0: Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman. They've got all the guys in the defensive front. And, and, and Pete Carroll, I'm there with you, Brian. He's a, uh, a, a, char- a character. He seems like a jerk to a lot of uh, to an extent.
1: Really? That's the impression people have of Pete Carroll?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the impression I have. Hey, oh, but wow. I'm going to tell you, all the, all the loving on the
3: Seahawks, they're not advancing today. They're going into a hostile Carolina, and they're playing the best co- player in the NFL there you go. To, at home, and like they are not do. advancing. It's over for them.
0: No question about it, Cam Newton is already tied with Steve Young for rushing touchdowns in the history of the NFL by a quarterback. Absolutely amazing. If they win and they advance... Cam Newton's on the verge of being the face of the NFL.
1: And then you know what he's going to do, right? What? Dab on them folks.
0: He's going to dab. He he does it after first downs. So, yeah, he's not going to hold back. I can do without a lot of that, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's been a great show. Marcellus, Brian, Luther, all of our callers. We did have our man, Matt, call back in. And let me see real quick. I'll give him credit. He he had an idea for El Chapo's horse's name. Mac said that he thinks uh, El Chapo, if he, you know, if Mac were – A billionaire like El Chapo. El Chapo Bustin' Move is what he thinks the horse's (laughs) name should be. So, everybody, tune in next Sunday from 9 until noon, right here on 1450 WXVW. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You you. You need someone to love
2: you. You need someone.